I, I feel like usually when you see a bunch of news, sometimes there's like a lead up because like it's a more popular time of the year or whatever, but it's just kind of. I mean, it's probably that like we've had such a such a gap of news, right? There's like three I months guess. where we got nothing. <laughs> this is our new baseline. Now we're just like, oh my goodness. But but it's, but stuff. some of the stuff definitely did come out of nowhere for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually super excited about this show. This is Unanimous Indecision. Ian Rismondo joins me as always. I'm Joshua Troop, and it's it's actually crazy because like. I really liked Tenet, but I feel like I wasn't that enthusiastic about it that last week, just because I was still like processing or something. Right, you you were taking that time to to do some thinking to figure out. Yeah, what yeah, and and so like I feel like I wasn't as enthusiastic um, as I felt. Okay. Um, but like, on top of Tenet, and then this week Memento, and then all of this plethora of news to talk about this week this is a, an amazing show we've got like i don't we're, we're gonna have to rush some of these things to to cram it in um <laughs> because we definitely want to take our time when we get to uh the box office stuff the marvel news the star wars news uh Much news. some of that extracurricular stuff is just gonna have to be pushed to the side i don't know <laughs> um but but we're still going to try and talk about it. We're going to rush through it a little bit. Uh, but we are going to start with our Memento review. If you don't want to hear the review for the movie, go ahead and skip ahead about 30-ish minutes. That's about how long our reviews are. And then we'll get to the news. We'll be talking a little bit more about Tenet. Um, otherwise, a bunch of other stuff that is crazy. I mean, who would have thought we'd be talking about RoboCop? Uh, anyways, Memento, another Christopher Nolan movie. I think I think we were both after Tenet, kind of just like on this like Christopher Nolan kick. Like we were like Inception, Tenet. We need one more. Like come on. Like I'm not done with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I phased out just for a second. Yeah, missed my entire sentence. It's all good at all i'm sorry um we're only two minutes in the show so it's completely okay to be dazed <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> yep we, we record these like six at a time i haven't slept in 18 hours <laughs> yeah let me sleep yeah josh yeah. has me tied up no <laughs> uh it's gonna be just subliminal messaging in the facebook marketing like right <laughs> find me. right every 10th word ian says is no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh which is a just as convoluted as some of these Christopher Nolan movies are right. Oh goodness! Um, and I, thought, I like, love it. I absolutely. Because there's no, I mean there there there's a handful. I, I shouldn't say there's no, but there's a handful of movies out there that, and a lot of them come before a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. But um, Christopher Nolan, it's like most of his filmography are just like uh, chronologically weird movies. But they're, they're, they're like thinkers. They they're thinkers. Yeah. His his movies, you can't just like put them on like uh, casually. Do something on your phone. Yeah, casually do something on your phone, and then just be like, wow, that was a good movie. Like you really need to <laughs> sit down and be like, all right, I gotta pay attention. Do I need to, do I need a notepad? I might need a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> gotta start drawing this out. Um, right. Right. Yeah, because it'd be hard to jump into some of these movies in the middle. For sure, like the Batman's are easy, I guess, because super linear. Right. But other than that, other than the that, other ones are kind of tough. Maybe Interstellar. Because I, I feel like 
I, I feel like he has a thing with with nonlinear storytelling. He just likes it. I mean, clear yeah. clearly because he keeps doing it. Yeah, I uh, mean, it's not a bad thing by any means. It's just it seems like this is kind of his go-to. I just and, like that, even though, even though he clearly likes nonlinear storytelling, they're all different still. Like even from each other. Like right, sure, like, they might all fit into this bubble of nonlinear storytelling, the but they're all still different, which is really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, so Memento's story is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like we we had this... a we had a whole pre discussion <laughs> about this after we watched the movie because like you you could. Plot-wise, you can think completely different directions about this story. Absolutely, this is one um, that, it, like, some people and and we didn't feel this way, but some people think that like, uh, Inception had kind of like an ambiguous story. No, but it's like really that, only like either you think the whole movie is a dream, basically, more or less the right. whole movie, I should say. And, like, I guess the biggest question is what parts are real, what part is is uh, a dream. And then the the question at the end is it a dream or is it is it real life? That's and even right. then still fairly easy to understand. This one made me think. Memento, I was like, okay, wait, I got I got I've got to like patchwork different scenes together. Uh, well, and it's after because I... half the scenes. So so he does this, and I really appreciate because again we talked about with Tenet his use of color. Um, you're even bringing up lighting in this movie. Yeah. It was like super realistic but very emphasized in in certain ones there were and then we have the black and white where it's more grainy footage right um uh, really like that so we had like half the scenes that were in black and white not even half but like some of the scenes were in black and white and it's it's like pretty much a phone call and then the other rest of the movie is in color but then later you realize that these are scenes playing in reverse well, I think you pick up on it pretty quickly. I think by, like, the third one, you're like, yes. oh. Because, like, the second one is very similar to the first one. Right. Right? Or I should say, because the first one's the killing. But right. after that, once once you get going. Uh, but, like, yeah, so the color scenes are told to you kind of in the order of, like, you get the effect before the cause. Right, like... Christopher Nolan wanted us to be learning information at the same time that the protagonist is. Like we were like we're figuring this out together. And it's a, it's a weird way to word it, but you are correct uh, because like the protagonist has learned those other things. He's just also forgotten them, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> because he has a uh, severe brain injury and yeah. has no short term memory. So, uh, so it but it like allows us to not act on information that the protagonist doesn't have because he's forgotten it. Uh, we're, we're in the dark pretty much just as much as he is, or at least at the beginning. And as we slowly learn information, we see... I, it's kind of interesting because of the way that, like, the end of this movie chronologically is the halfway point of the story. Uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's just interesting that we like as we're learning more and more information, then we have to piece together, and be like, hmm. So now he's gonna go do this. After, like we're we're again as I was saying before, we're like patchwork putting this right because the scene. first scene of the movie is the chronological end of the story. Right. Yes. Um. But we don't understand it. 
and it slowly explained to us and then we think we're working back towards that but instead we're working towards something else <laughs> that actually explains that though it's it's like a it's it's a brilliant story that like he was able to end at a different point but still explain something that happens in the not so distant future right in not so distant future um so so it's really interesting um i'm sure we'll get into our plot debate in a little bit um but the lighting was super cool uh i think the tattoos like i feel like sometimes storytellers can just get carried away with things and they're just like this guy's got tattoos (laughs) each one meant something for this right and it had to because like it's the only thing he could absolutely trust was his handwriting so as long as his handwriting was doing much of tattoo or i guess i don't know because we we saw later in the film that a um he he had gone to a tattoo parlor to to receive some. Of That's it. what's really interesting is like the one of his tattoos says to trust his handwriting. I think, I think it's a tattoo, right? Um, that says that it says trust his handwriting. But a lot of the tattoos are in vastly different styles, right? And then even his own handwriting is sometimes inconsistent. Yeah, it, it and one of those was we we saw was on purpose. Right, uh, because he right. he'd written something someone had told him to, but he wrote it in his not use his usual handwriting. It's I think so the only the thing he writes in cursive. I could believe. Right, but then where do we? But then where did the handwriting, the the ink on his the tattoo on his left hand that says uh, "Remember Sammy Jenkins"? Where did that come from? Because it also was not his handwriting. But it's like, what is his handwriting? Because he definitely has at least two distinct handwriting styles. Yes. Right, he has the very careful like Arial font. <laughs> and then he has the the quick shorthand when he's just trying to get something down and that's like his uh yeah conspiracy wall <laughs> his conspiracy <laughs> poster all those are in that big handwriting so he so he at least has two different types of handwriting so how can you trust your handwriting if some of it doesn't match exactly what what can you trust when when um, you when you have no memory and you look at something and it's not the same handwriting that you're supposed to trust and it's like, How what should... happens if, like, someone, like, ties him down and, like, gives him a tattoo? Right? Like, <laughs> he'll never know how he got the tattoo, so he'll just trust it. Right? As we saw, sometimes his, his uh, short-term memory only lasts, like, a couple minutes. Yeah, it's kind of varying. He makes a comment that, like, if he stays focused, he can be in it for a little longer. Right, but as soon as, but as, soon as like, his mind but, drifts off. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to do with anything. Exactly. As we saw, so, we were podcasting for two minutes, and you already... I was gone. Out I of was there. Out. <laughs> Memory is, is non-existent. What movie is this? <laughs> uh, this is Happy Feet 3, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Don't tell me. Is there a sequel? To I, have Happy no Feet? Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I was like, I don't even remember if there's a two, but continue. <laughs> uh, what movie are we talking about? No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's su- super interesting. Um, it, it's weird that even the things that like don't need super complicated r- rationales, he quickly accepts. Because it's like, well, I guess the pictures help with that. Um, 
But yeah, his tattoos are super interesting, and they talk about it. Like, pretty much everyone who's seen them, it, I, I believe they, they're all, like, your freaky tattoos. Right, um, right. Because they're all and about, like, kill him, murder, and and then it's, like, yeah. weird stuff, like, eat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's fun to see him, like, learn that he has tattoos. Because we see right. that, like... That, that's pretty much the beginning, right? Right. And, yeah, it's a weird discovery to make. Yeah. That, like... Oh didn't realize i was into this surprise my whole body is covered in tattoos um and not even just tattoos it's not even like artsy stuff it's like instructional <laughs> yeah um so well, i guess we have, you gotta remember somehow super weird um i don't even know the acting in this movie is fantastic um i keep wanting to call him aldrich killian but guy, uh, pierce. guy pierce thank you okay. Okay. i only know people by their marvel names so uh, if they're not in a marvel movie they're not an actor no i'm just kidding it's okay my mom was convinced it was brad pitt <laughs> he, he him in this movie and brad pitt in fight club very similar looks <laughs> and the yeah. movies came out around the same time i believe so well, that's, that's just like the mid 90s look yeah i guess blonde mid 90s Twenty to thirty year old actor, <laughs> like that's the look, right? Uh, I mean, that's, that's what's good about it. But yeah, so like we were talking earlier, how this is nonlinear storytelling and whatnot, and you, <laughs> you, you pulled me onto a call, and you're like, okay, I think I figured it out, and you're looking at like a website that's doing a, that's describing <laughs> a bunch of different, different ways of, of, um, I guess showcasing or trying to explain on a two D model how how this non-linear storytelling works and you were disagreeing with how the article wanted to do for memento was i yeah well so i don't i don't know how much i was disagreeing with it unless i'm thinking of something else uh you just you had done it maybe there maybe the, i i definitely did do it differently um i think it goes into how you choose to I, i'm gonna make a facebook post or something with this diagram i made just for the fun of it yeah um I mean, so you, everyone will be able to know. if you like the facebook page you'll be able to see it there um and disagree with me however you want and i'd love to talk about it because i think it's really interesting um i mean like inception i have like concentric circles so how does that make <laughs> any sense um but it's like almost no context to it it's just the movie name and the diagram uh but like memento it bounces back and forth between the 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 color scenes that are in reverse order and then the black and white scenes which are moving forward and then like you say it ends in the chronological middle of the story and so there's kind of like two ways you could represent it i was finding is that you can represent it to where left to right is as time passes yeah or left to right is and then up and down is how it's told narratively to, yeah. to you um or you could do the opposite where left to right is the order of scenes presented to you and then top to bottom is uh the chronological sequence and i found that a lot of people were doing top to bottom is the chronological sequence and I don't know. That didn't make too much sense to me to do it that way since most timelines go from left to right rather than top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, if we're, so. if we're thinking of 
of time as like right granted tenant has told me i need to view time differently so it's true i was like at what point will we have a movie that has like so many parallel do you know what it is deja vu i think deja vu has i think a three-dimensional time scale (laughs) because they replay the same the person's literally going through time loops and changing things trying to make it work i think it's deja vu i might be thinking of the wrong movie um i want to see your depiction of, of primer Primer, I think the the loop makes the most sense. I mean, it's pretty similar to Tenet, just you go in the box, right? Um, so it's just like a Z kind of right. thing. Um, I guess, yeah. At least for each instance of time traveling. Uh, but otherwise, uh, Memento, I, I don't know. Let, let's just get into the story. We're not uh, that big of movie critics. We're just going to talk about what we like about the movies, what we didn't like. Uh, the acting is fantastic, and I think that's what really, like, sells you on it because, like, you believe everyone, right? Like, um, Natalie, the f- yes. one, one, uh, in one of the scenes we see that she has, like, a, bl- a busted lip and whatnot and a bruise under her eye. And um, from... she, she says it's from someone else, yeah. just from some guy. Um, who she has problems with and she's doing such a good job acting that I have no reason to believe otherwise right and then it's revealed to us as we get the cause of that scene uh, because it's told in reverse order and he was the one that punched her and it was like whoa (laughs) Um, and that's kind of when we start to learn at least for her we, we have like uh, ideas um we we have ideas that other people are are using uh, well Leonard. uh teddy or john Gr- gamel gamel thank you i always yeah. want to say john grisham i don't know i'm talking about the book <laughs> author i don't know <laughs> um but uh yeah john gamel he's he straight up says that right that he's like she's trying to use you but yeah but then he also has the photo that says, don't trust his lies. So clearly he's trying to use him. And so it's, yeah. Uh, so what uh, What was your original theory? Let's go through that again. I don't know if you remember it, because I know. Thought, I think was that, uh, I don't remember exactly uh, the part with uh, his wife's death, but I remember right. that like, first thought was that there was like a, a a split in his psyche right um that had caused him to um that had caused him to be like okay i'm going to take this sammy jenkins story and uh and put this on myself uh i'm trying to remember well it's kind of the opposite right i'm gonna take my story and put it onto sammy jenkins yes um, sorry confusing my words as a as this external person right but it wasn't me that did that right uh which certainly could be uh true i don't think anything goes against it necessarily I mean, there's there's like we when when we were talking about this we came up with like three or four different possible interpretations of this and y- you were asking me is like oh so is this the one that you believe this time and i was like well 
it's not necessarily that I like I'm, I'm choosing to believe one and then well no I'd rather believe this one it's like there's a bunch of different puzzle pieces and we put them together one way and they could fit that way but you could also take them apart put them together a different way and they still yeah work together. it's a little bit of make your own adventure but like interpreting it <laughs> right right um, and uh, because like it ultimately comes down to like why does Leonard the main character why does Leonard go after uh, Teddy? Why does he kill him at the very beginning of the movie, which is the chronological end of the story? Why does Leonard kill Teddy? What's the reason for it? And, and I think that's where a lot of the theories go into, is that, like, is he killing him just because he's on this endless loop of killing John G's, who he believes killed his wife? Um... Or, or is this the way that he he's like you know what I'm trying to make my own happiness, right? My own story. Doing a little bit, um, but like there there's so many things in it because like with the idea that because I mean if you say that he actually did the Sammy Jenkins story, so he killed his wife with uh, insulin shots, right? Uh, without knowing it because of his short-term memory loss. But uh, if he did that, and then he still has the memory, because he, he says that he has the memories from before. But they're not, um, but if that if he did actually kill his wife, then that's... From before his... he got the brain injury. That yeah. That's the statement. And uh, I feel like that's kind of the one statement that we have to believe is true. Right. Um, at least at minimum. We're not given anything else that should give us a reason to not believe. And that. then it's a little bit of the question of can he make new memories or not? Right. And we were kind of feeling different. Like you, you're, I think in the end you were deciding that the idea is that he could make new memories. I, if if I accept that he did the Sammy Jenkins stuff, the fact the fact that he knows of that story if, at all, the fact that he knows it at all means that he can make new memories but he doesn't know it or he doesn't choose to believe it again because he's putting that he's um, putting his own past on on like on Sammy's story he's he's giving his history and attributing that to Sammy the the just the inherent fact that he's able to know his story at all should be that he can make new memories even if i guess he's remembering them as someone else's unless of course Sammy Jenkins really was a, this external person with this real problem that killed his wife and Leonard was the insurance person on his case. And right. um, like, like unless Leonard's memory of it is the truth. And then at that point, we're just not believing Teddy. Um, and then we're just not believing Teddy, which we know Teddy, Teddy lies, but also Leonard has memory problems. So, right. <laughs> um, so, so you're, you're either believing you're believing one of two unreliable characters. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, well, and the I feel like my biggest thing against him being responsible for his wife's death is that one story that it seems like him and Teddy agree on. At least, well, well it's interesting because Teddy at one point disagrees with it, but then he goes back to it. It, and it's that someone broke into his house and killed his wife. Right. Um, and so if you believe that 
he killed his wife. That means someone broke into the house and failed to kill his wife. She survived. And then... And ten. then, because he gets the brain injury from the uh, home invasion, then he goes through the Sammy Jenkins story and whatnot. But the thing is, him and Teddy, throughout the entire story, agree that his wife died in that home invasion until the very end where Teddy is like, no, you killed your wife. But then he goes back off of it, right? He introduces that concept and then he backs off of it. It's like he's trying to just straight up confuse Leonard. And from a movie-making perspective, it's just making it ambiguous to us. Right, 100%. And it's similar in a way to a way, because I'm going to, make it draw an analogy to a comic book movie because that's what i do but to <laughs> the dark knight when when we get like three different backstories from the joker sure at first you're like you know what i can see this as being his but then we hear him do it a second time we're like wait is it this one or this one and then we hear it a third time and we're just like man he's doing this to like either just there's i guess there's a bunch of different ways that it could have gone down but or he just you know he's just a chronic liar that's what he does right he's just there to sow chaos and it really feels like I guess Teddy was just doing that to uh, maybe like if he's trying to confuse Leonard just so that Leonard doesn't like come up in his mind with his no short term memory uh, or lack thereof just to try and either stop him from killing stop Leonard from killing Teddy or or try and get him back under Teddy's wing right back on his side or something or not under his side but like under his control maybe yeah uh, again there's a bunch of different ways that you can read this and I'm not sure if there's a right one there's definitely our interpretations of it. Um, like you have, you have your idea of how this story goes, uh, like the whole thing chronologically, and I have, I have one as well. Um, but both of ours could be wrong, or, or if. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's things we're not thinking of, we're not picking up on. Probably. Um, I, I still just think, uh, with him doing the Sammy Jenkins story. That means that, like, there's so many other things that, like, are just kind of, like, they're, they're weird additions to the story in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he has the huge police report. Sure, pages are missing. And maybe he misplaced them. Maybe he got rid of them. But, like... And then there's some things that are blocked out, like it's some CIA document, <laughs> uh, which I didn't know they did that with regular police reports. So that that's a little weird. Um, but but at the same time, like that's a lot of effort to go to for a guy who has short-term memory loss. When was he typing that up? Uh, and then uh, the other stuff is like. So he, there was a home invasion with, I mean, I guess maybe the idea is that there was only one guy in the home invasion. Probably. No, but then how'd he get the head injury? Because there was definitely a guy found there. Because that's why the case was closed, is they found the guy there. Mm. Um... They so just they believed the 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 police report believes there was just one guy there. But Leonard was like, "No, there was someone else." Because that's because in his memory there is. Right. But maybe again, his memory like, can't trust can't be trusted. Right. So, 
if there's just one guy at the home invasion, then he gets a short-term memory loss, then he kills his wife. I guess that kind of works into it. Then the police report literally just reports what happened. And then Teddy, who may or may not be a cop, um, because we never see his badge despite him showing it to other people, I think. And then... But but he, he even says that there was a corrupt cop on your case. And then later he says he's the cop on his case. Right. So, and we know that he's into some shady stuff, um, according to Natalie, which again, she's using him. So uh, every character is unreliable. <laughs> every character is unreliable. Every character is using this guy um, with the memory. It's just what they're using him for. And so like, but Natalie says that Teddy is coming for her boyfriend, husband. I don't remember what it was for Jimmy. Um, and we know that Teddy puts Leonard onto Jimmy's trail. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very interesting because, <laughs> like, there's enough to support kind of – there's enough to support Leonard's truth. And then there's also enough to support what may actually be the truth. <laughs> So it's a puzzle with potentially oh. too many pieces. There's pieces left over. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you completed the picture, and you're just like, "What do these pieces go to?" Right. They're like the IKEA. Here's some. Or, or rather, you're able to use all the pieces, but you can make different things out of it. That's what I was saying earlier. It's it's one where you can put all the pieces together, but yeah. you can take them apart and put them back together in a different um, order and get another. But yeah, story. so I I still say though that. I, I I believe I, I believe certain characters during certain times. I don't believe I don't believe everyone's always telling the truth. I think everyone's lying at some point in this. Yeah, and so I think. <laughs> and the most the most blatant of that is the the innkeeper who come, straight out comes out and says he's <laughs> lying. And, oh like, my god! He's so he's like, what what does he say? Oh, this is this isn't your room. We moved you to room three hundred four, and he's like. But I have the key to this room, <laughs> and well, and he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, I told the owner about your condition, and so he had me check you into another room. How many rooms do I have here? Just two, for now. <laughs> for now, <laughs> so good. Um, because because that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, man, he could really get taken advantage of like a ton. You know what's funny? Um, that character comes straight out and says that he's lying, but that's the only truthful character in this entire movie. 100%. I mean, it goes to one of my favorite quotes from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, a, diso- a dishonest man you can always trust to be dishonest. It's really the honest ones you got to watch out for. Yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, but I, I believe... So Natalie thinks that uh, Teddy is responsible for her boyfriend husband's death which he is yes now we also know that by the end of the movie that leonard is also responsible (laughs) um but leonard was put on jimmy's trail by teddy yes so teddy teddy was targeting jimmy for whatever reason likely for drugs it seems it seems to be that seems to be the one consistent thing that everyone agrees on (laughs) drugs um and then but teddy also tells him that 
he had killed a person a year ago, but forgot it. And there's this photo of him happy. With, but he still has his tattoos, and there's some blood. And, and that question throughout the movie is like a... And it's the only picture of him. True. Um, which means that there is something very significant about that. So that's why I believe that Teddy in that instance is telling the truth, that Leonard did kill someone. He killed John G. Maybe he killed the right person. Maybe he which killed like the, uh, the guy the that killed his wife. Or at least invaded his home. Yes, there we go. We'll, we'll agree with that. <laughs> he walked in about, through the front door. I was about to say allegedly. <laughs> um, so the guy that is responsible for his brain injury. And then he... Uh, but it doesn't stick. So they take the picture. It doesn't stick. So then uh, Teddy, being the corrupt cop goes okay well in order to help this guy out because obviously like even though he's helping out the protagonist he's this is still like vigilante justice whatever you want to call it like it's still outside the law Um, on top of teddy maybe being a drug dealer (laughs) uh so then he goes okay well let's just have you go after someone else okay he seems to have this really stuck in his head that it's john g what if i can at least just get something close there's this other guy i need to get out of the way jimmy g so let's just convince him hey it's close enough (laughs) um and so it takes maybe a year maybe that's a lie however much amount of time it takes uh he convinces him to he puts him on jimmy g's scent um it still fits all the criteria because jimmy g's involved in the drugs because teddy knows him and um all these things but clearly teddy and jimmy g have big disagreement right so then uh so then leonard kills jimmy g and this is at the end of the movie and so then uh teddy then reveals to him that he's like hey this was me trying to help you get over your loss um well initially he does the no he is the right guy right right so first it's the he is the right guy and then he jumps to, we actually tried this before and it didn't stick. Well, he jumps to that because Leonard realized that he was lying and right. started on him. And then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We tried this before. I'm on your side. Right. And, and so he has, to, he has to give some level of explanation for why he would lie about something. Right. And so he says, we, we've done it before. And I just wanted to get you to kill some bad guy so that you could get over your trauma. And then, um, and then he goes further. He changes his story a little bit again. Then he goes, you killed your wife with the insulin. You're Sammy Jenkins, basically. Um, and so then, but then he changes it again and says, Sammy Jenkins was this external person. You put your trauma onto him. Um, because he was just some guy that faked having short-term memory. Um, but Leonard knew him and exposed him for it because he really was a decent insurance agent. He was good at his um, job. And so then, uh, 
so he exposed him but then after his trauma he puts his own trauma onto the idea of sammy jenkins and then but then he changes it again <laughs> just about or maybe that's the last time and it goes still into that yeah so in this fourth narrative basically it almost goes back to the second narrative that he's like well no because he says yeah you killed your wife but then he goes back to this he circles back to the second narrative that that he already killed the right guy and now he just killed some other guy and the two of them can go around town killing random john g's and clean up the town even though it's just gonna be teddy putting leonard on a personal warpath that benefits him exactly um and, and that's kind of what leonard figures out right and so that's why he then is like yeah okay and then he throws his keys so that teddy can't go anywhere and then he writes the note hey don't trust teddy and i think it's in that it's a little bit in that moment but it, it's again a little bit after that moment because then he steals the jaguar and then he's going to the tattoo parlor right and i think the tattoo part i think he gets the idea when he decides to steal the jaguar and he writes don't trust his lies that he's like teddy clearly had me kill this dude for his own personal gain uh, regardless of what else is true leonard accepts that to be a fact um uh, met natalie and natalie certain things with natalie saying line up with that narrative even though he knows certain things natalie said are lies I, he realizes um, that, or i guess he hasn't met natalie yet right yeah i guess that's true he doesn't meet natalie until after jimmy's dead yes okay so so let me retract that um <laughs> I had to think about that I was like wait a second okay yeah because i was like wait a minute because she's in so much of the movie that she is uh so he accepts that teddy had him kill this jimmy character uh for his own personal gain and then he decides okay well teddy deserves to pay for that but i'm i need to move forward so he takes the Jaguar, he realizes he just killed someone, so he needs to mix a few things up. Um, and this all goes to him trying to trying to make new memories, right? I guess. So he's least... like, well, I'm going to get a new car and it, it, stuff it like that. It's not necessarily new memories, but it's just like, if I a can't... A new reality kind of thing. A new reality, because like, if I can't make new memories and the only thing, like, my, my reality is just trying to find my wife's killer, I'm going to make myself as happy as I can be, so right. I'm going to... I'm gonna have my own car. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna take a photo of this person's car, Jimmy's car, and I'm gonna call it mine. I'm gonna take his clothes. Right. He takes his clothes. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Like he he was building a new narrative for himself. Uh, when does he take his clothes? I'm sorry. When does he take Jimmy's clothes? Before before he kills him. Right. Uh, he would he. he does he put them on immediately, or does he wait a minute to put them on? Uh, he puts them on and throws his his old clothes on Jimmy's still alive, like bleeding out corpse. Bleeding yeah. out corpse, and then. Um, so that's interesting, right? Why would he do that? Because because uh, he realized like, I don't know. I what I wonder if he did realize it at that point. Like I can make my own. Right, because w- my own 
constantly. Why does he do? Maybe he, maybe he does remember certain things. And he remembers maybe. that he's, I don't know. I'm already convincing myself of the, <laughs> the other alternative that um, he's stuck in a loop of killing John G's. Um, because why does he steal his clothes? That's weird. I can understand like why he would take his clothes. I understand why he would get the guy to take his clothes off. Because he's just trying to like make him feel bad, make him pay, you know, make him think know. about what he did. But why does he put that... him on? I, f- I feel like it would make sense if he took his clothes after he was like, you know, like cause after he made the realization that like, I want this guy's car. Right, but he like, takes it before. He takes it before. That's what's confusing to me right now. That's a little weird. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Man, we had this figured out before we started this. Yeah, already yeah, finding okay. new things. <laughs> right, right. Um, That's the beauty of it, though. But continuing what I was previously saying to finish that thought. So then he's in the car, he's going to the tattoo parlor, and he starts having that thought, I could get out of this. Right? Yes, because we, we, we see like a hypothetical idea in his head of himself with... That he could put that? that tattoo, just like he you says to Natalie... That she's like, what are you going to put on your left pectoral? And he's like, I guess I'll put that I got him or something. And so he has a vision of that even before that conversation, which is interesting, right? Because that's kind of a a continued thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, maybe that's just instinct, right? Because certain things, although wasn't instinct to the point. Oh, my goodness. He can make new memories. He can make new memories. 100%. Okay, why? Okay, because so the whole thing with the conditioning is that you should eventually develop instinct to avoid things. Okay, and what is to the avoid the shocking box? So, so what is the instinct that he avoided? That he wants to put the tattoo "I got him" on his left pectoral. Why? Why does that memory stick? He wants. He could to put that he... tattoo anywhere. Well, maybe that's just it's to cover up whatever uh, so like he wants he would he wants so inherently so you're saying it's not necessarily to get the tattoo but it's where he wants to get it but yeah because because just getting the tattoo because because i think getting the tattoo makes sense because all of his other tattoos say go kill him so yeah, it would make it, sense to have a tattoo that says hey you don't have to go kill him I you got, got him <laughs> that way that way when he wakes up <laughs> to stop the train he wakes out of his do- exactly right but the fact that he later still wants it on his left pectoral and so where does he originally why does he originally want to get there who tells him that is that well natalie says that like what are you gonna put here because there's just like an empty spot on his left pectoral and it's not actually that empty but whatever (laughs) like i i didn't look at him been like oh the rest of his body is tattoo tattoos why why doesn't he have something there right Um, it didn't look that empty but she brings it up and that's his response and then a previous event shows him think about getting that tattoo there. So he definitely can make new memories. Mm, I see what you're saying. Um, and anyone who says otherwise needs to give me an explanation for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so he has the chance to get out of his loop, to get the tattoo that he got him. But, but he chooses he has, not to. He chooses not to because he realizes, like, I'm happy doing this. That whether this or is... not – well, it's not even – I don't even necessarily – it's that Maybe not I'm happy, happy doing that. But I, I view it as that, like, Teddy wronged me. 
Teddy made me kill some other guy. Now, Teddy might be my John G because his real name is John uh, Gimmel. Gamble. Gamble. There we go. Uh, his real name is a John G. So he goes, well, maybe he is my John G. Maybe he's not, but he made no. me some kill some other Jimmy G. Well, no, I don't think that. Oh, I totally think that the so, way he words the monologue. Well, no, that's my point. Is it's in that monologue? Is he says, "I can make you my next." Like, I can make you right, right. G. But it's because of that he's like because he's wrong, sure. But yeah. it's not that. But it's, he doesn't say like maybe you're the one. He's saying. I think he like, does, I'm, though, doesn't no, he? No, no, he doesn't think that this is the guy that killed my wife. That's right. not what he's saying. He's saying, like, John, John Gamble wronged him, and he's like, you know what? I can make you the next John G. Like, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's completely in that instance think, a revenge thing. I think the line actually might be, I can make you my next target or something like right. that. Right. Uh, and it's, it's not necessarily that he believes John Gamble did anything other than wrong him, which is, again, not great, but, like, that's the extent to that. Right. But he's deciding this is the path I want to be on. Like I, I, he could go and get the tattoo saying I got him or, you know, he could keep on this path and, and feel like he's getting closer and closer to getting what he believes would be his, his wife's uh, murderer. Right. But in fact, he, he's the one who set like by taking the photo of the car, by taking the photo of, of John saying, don't trust his lies or whatnot. This is the one, or but the whole sequence that's him saying, I can, I may not be able to remember things, but I can like. I can convince myself to, to target you. Like, I, this is what my future is going to be. Right. So um, that's 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 where I think that's coming from. Not necessarily yeah, that def definitely, but like it, it's all in service of that, right? That it's like. I will convince my future self, basically. Right. That you're the one that killed my wife, but right. you, but you wrong, but in this instance. The, the reason I'm going to frame you in that it's circumstance is because you wronged me and made me kill this other dude. Right. That, there. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, yeah. But really wild. Uh, I didn't think about that tattoo thing until just now. Wow. Yeah, remember when um, we said the... the, the maybe maybe the Sammy Jenkins stuff is real then because he made new memories. Another it's, instance. Uh, so. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that. Um, um, it's, it's just like... Man, tight... Because the idea that he... What if he? No. Uh, <laughs> Let's stop having your. I decided against him, but uh, <laughs> I was like, "What if he's a fraud?" Oh, take, take your tinfoil hat off. You don't need it. <laughs> what if he's a fraud? And you know his whole thing that sometimes you just need to pretend to to um, like recognize. <laughs> um, and so, what if he's doing a little bit of both, pretending to recognize and pretending not to recognize? Whoa! <laughs> no, but I don't think that's it. Well, let's let's leave it. At that, that. That's a little we're, bit extra. We're, we're going too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely wild. Um, I still Great. think it's a little weird the whole police report thing because even if like, because the argument is that like he wrote it for himself, right? Maybe or, not necessarily. Wrote no, I guess I guess I was saying that if there really was only one guy in the home invasion. I and feel like then... there was probably a police report, uh, like like well, a basis from the start out, and and so that I think that's what's redacted is probably those bits of information that that uh, contradict his beliefs. Kind of like we were talking about Shutter Island when Ooh, yeah, can't, sure. can't see water. Maybe at some point he sharpied him out, realizing that. But he like, just thinks that the police did it. He 
he at one point he sharpies them out, and, and I guess you could I guess you could if you want to say, uh, if or we maybe Teddy does like, it right because Teddy, Teddy's the one that helps him out because he's I mean, the cop on his see, case potentially. I mean, the whole end of the movie is that we see him uh, say like, you know what? Maybe you can be my John G. I'm going to set up events right toward like after you. Maybe he does that. Um, with with the thing, he he looks at the file, realizes this is wrong. Is like, you go after this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to redact this these pages. I'm going to remove these pages from whatever, so that my future self looks at this and goes, wow, these are removed, for whatever reason. Whatever. So that's like, he he's building this file, for future him. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But but let's, it's let's uh. Yeah, it's really too interesting. It's too much. Really interesting <laughs> stuff. Such a good movie. Um, it's not I mean, straightforward. Probably, it's great. We should um, probably get into because we got quite a bit. Yeah, so um, I guess before we fully get into the news, I wanted to talk about some Tenet things. Um, because I know you had some questions. I I had some thoughts. Um, I re-saw Tenet. Um, I'm contributing to the additional box office in week two. <laughs> proud of you. Um, but uh, so you were wondering, I believe, what was the line that Kat says to Sator uh, when she lets him off the boat? Yes, I think so. It's not a big deal. <laughs> she says, uh, "Burn in hell, Andre." Um, so not not as huge of a deal as maybe we were thinking it was. Um, she's just trying to kill him, you know. Were there any lines that you saw that were important that you might have missed? Throughout the so you came up with an idea about, because we were talking about the interrogation scene where half the, the, the questions are going in reverse flow time and the answers are in forward time. And you were like, right. and there's like an audio recording so that it's translating the reverse speech. Um, and we were saying that like, it seems like the last question lines maybe the last question lines up with the first answer in some weird way. Right. Um, but I got to even thinking about it further that as an alternative to that, but it's kind of loop time loopy. <laughs> okay. um, well, like in a very small uh, instance of time, very short amount of time. Uh, Cause like, so during the pincer move, they say that their Intel comes from the other group basically the group yes. that already did it yes because they're still traveling reverse in time and then they can just That's call and you... say what they saw so you're saying how do you get it the first time a little bit of that but but kind of saying in the interrogation audio that i think in a way what it is is it's honestly just one full side of um of audio Okay. And then when they bring in the protagonist, they just play the reverse audio the in its full recording. And so sometimes he's asking questions, sometimes he isn't, and he's answering to the audio. And Sator on the other side at the same time is asking those questions, quote unquote, for the first time. Um, but then getting the answers at the same time to all 10 of his questions but he's also hearing the recording of the answers because that'll have to be passed back to him. 
So they're both listening to recordings of each other at the same time. Okay. And so it lines up maybe to them. Um, but it, it's really interesting. Um, I think I'm leaning more towards that because of uh, the pincer thing. And then going to what you just said is like, how did they get it the first time kind of thing? I think that goes into um, the conversation between Neil and the protagonist, which is, um, doesn't us being here mean it never happened? Um, and then Neil goes, well, there's some debate or it's impossible to know between consciousness and parallel worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I think that's kind of, even though it's kind of somewhat a throwaway line that's just complicated, I think it that's actually not- explains a little bit. Okay. That the first time essentially is a parallel world. That at some point in some other world, the time loops, every time loop, didn't exist. Mm. But then the moment we go into our first parallel world is the moment that someone in the future creates the um, the inversion machines. And then from there, that's when we then. And so that creates a parallel world, creating the loop. So it, gotcha. the the in that parallel world, the loop is created to where the events that instigate the creation of the machine always happen along with the things that the machine is used for. And then every time the machine is used, it creates another parallel world to where we kind of see the last <laughs> parallel world it's where off the one where it already existed. Right. Okay. We see the last parallel world that all the loops are already there. Gotcha. Uh, but at some point, it was a free will choice to do it. Um, it's just that timeline doesn't really exist anymore because <laughs> it just sort of collapsed into a parallel world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I don't know. It's weird. Time stuff's always weird. But, uh,. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to help us like understand how. And then I wanted to talk about something just lastly that we didn't really get to touch on uh, last week, and it's the fight scenes. Okay. The fight scenes in this movie are awesome. Whether it's John fighting John, John David Washington fighting himself, um, and like the reverse fighting, that sequence of fight is so cool. Yes. And and I don't just mean it's cinematic. I mean. So much thought went into this. And I don't mean that it was just choreographed well. If you watch the fight very carefully, at the very, the first time we see the fight, so we've got um, forward traveling the protagonist, Mm -hmm. the forward traveling guy. If you watch it, he's losing the fight immediately. Right, the guy's got a gun on him, and he's just like barely keeping by. He keeps getting thrown to the wall and whatnot. Right, um, he's losing the fight. But for us, it's us watching uh, this normal guy, like normal time guy that we've always known all our lives. Like that's just how time works. And then the first time we're introduced to someone who's in reverse time, it's right. How how's he gonna react to that? He doesn't right. know how to fight a guy in reverse time. Right. Um. But so he 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 sucks at the fight. Um, but by the end of the fight, he gets the upper hand and he almost kills him. And then the fight gets broken up by By him, by Neil. And then the other version gets sucked out, even though sure, whatever, uh, from his perspective. 
But then you watch the fight from the other perspective later in the movie, where it's the version of the protagonist that's traveling backwards in time. He still doesn't know he was in that fight. So when he gets blown into that fight by the jet engine, he's shocked. <laughs> so he's like, oh my gosh, oh my That's gosh, me. that was me, oh my gosh. So he's immediately losing the fight because he doesn't know how to fight this. Uh... But then as he's going through it, he gets better and better because he remembers, oh wait, I've seen this. I know exactly what I did. That's very I can funny. fight this. And so then he gets the upper hand, and by the end of the fight, he has the upper hand. So watching the fight from both directions, he always sucks at the fight and then gets good at the fight. Yeah, He always learns from the, the combat. And I was just like, that is so genius. It's just awesome. <laughs> no, it's very good. I, I, I didn't even think consider that before. But um, really no matter which way you watch it, he always learns throughout the fight. <laughs> um, really crazy. Um, but then even the the kind of one of the first fight scenes we see um, in the restaurant. And, and that's the thing that I think is really interesting that goes into when he fights himself. So at the beginning of that fight, the first time we see it where the protagonist is fighting himself, he sucks at the fight. But yes. that should be very weird to everyone that he sucks at the fight. And that's why it got me thinking on it. It should be very weird to everyone because in the restaurant, he takes on like six dudes that are all bigger than him, all fighting him at the same time, and he takes them apart easily. Yeah. He completely dismantles them. He cheese grates that dude's face. Like, it's brutal, but he comes out the winner very decisively. And then all of a, and then there's this other fight that he's out of the gate. He's just losing. <laughs> like, well, clearly this person's a better fighter than him. But it's because, <laughs> right? Uh, it's a version that at this point in the fight, that version's a master <laughs> at, at fighting him. Um, and then as he goes through the fight, he's fighting a worse and worse version. <laughs> <laughs> allowing him to get the upper hand and actually show off his skills. So I thought that was super cool rewatching it. I'm glad you were able to, to find that because I definitely didn't get that on a first watch. Yeah, I guess real we weird. We would have missed out on, on just how intricate this movie was. Like, it's just another detail that, you know, you, this, this is why you yeah. rewatch movie right here. 100%. 100%. Uh, but... All right, that, that's all I wanted to bring up about Tenet on my rewatch. If anyone has any questions about Tenet, Memento, almost any Christopher Nolan movie, I haven't seen uh, The Prestige yet. Uh, there's a few other Christopher Nolan movies I haven't seen, but The Prestige is really the only one necessarily that I still have a super big interest in. Uh, but if you, if anyone wants to just talk Christopher Nolan movies, let's do it. Hit me up. Because um, it's super fun. Otherwise... Well, not otherwise. You can hit me up on the Facebook page, Unanimous Indecision. Go ahead and join us there. Like the page. Join the group. Uh, also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, you know, whatever, wherever you like listening to podcasts. Uh, whatever you got. Um, all that Way helps. Plug. What? Way to shamelessly plug the, the podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> shamelessly plug the podcast we're currently <laughs> recording. Yep. Um, how dare I? Uh, exactly. But, yeah. First of all, how 
doing all of those things uh, help other people find us so that we uh, maintain encouraged to keep doing this uh, because I need external, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Validation. Validation, thank you. I was going to say <laughs> gratitude, but that's not the right way. <laughs> um, I need people to thank me for my work. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you've got a ton of news stories for us to run us through. Um, let's try and do some of the early ones quick um, so that we can spend some time talking about Marvel and Star Wars. So there's something that, honestly, I'd never considered that we'd, we'd, we'd ever get this, uh, which is a RoboCop prequel. Now, I haven't even seen the original RoboCop, or the remake, I, for that matter. I haven't seen any I've RoboCop. Seen, I've seen the first one, and that's that's it. Which a lot of people say that's fantastic. Like, right. it, it was pretty good. A lot of I people mean, say perfect movie. Maybe I didn't fully appreciate it. Uh, at the time, I watched it several years ago. I wasn't quite as into movies as I am now, yeah. although I'm not nearly as into movies as you are. Um, <laughs> hey, man, come on. You're on here. I am on here. Uh against my will most of the time. No. Um, so <laughs> so this is this is to be a RoboCop prequel and it's looking like it's going to be a TV show potentially. Oh, okay. I thought it was a movie. All it right. might it might be from what I was No, maybe it is a TV show. Yeah. I don't know. It, it calls it a series. That sounds like so, a TV show. I unless it's a series of movies, <laughs> but I don't know. Weird. Um and it's you know the the most surprising thing about this is it's not going to have RoboCop in it at all. Well, right, cuz RoboCop hasn't been created yet, right? It's a right. prequel, so right. Well, just like it's not gonna follow any of that at all. It, this is following a corrupt, uh, corrupt official. Does that make it just like a cop show? I guess you know. Set in this Gotham. world. And I guess it's like what Gotham's doing, or, or with uh, the Gotham PD TV show. Yeah, right. But at least you still have Jim Gordon, right? Right. Um, right. Whereas if you don't have necessarily any point of reference, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't maybe know. you'll have I one. Heard... I don't know. I don't know how I, how interested in this I'm I'm going to be. Um, I have to watch the RoboCop movie to decide if I'm interested in it. Because uh, because like, correct me if I'm wrong. There's three sequels and one remake. One reboot. I shouldn't call it a remake. One reboot. Is that right? I think there's so. a lot of RoboCop movies. Yeah. Um, and they're all terrible except for the first one was what I hear. Again, only seen the first one, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. To... All right, so that's a weird one. I don't think anyone saw that coming, but uh, let, let's keep moving along. Yeah, well, it's something that everyone has seen coming is uh, that the next uh, Fast and Furious sequel is going to space. <laughs> something that I think a lot of people have seen, and like, or maybe not necessarily like I'm calling it, but like we're like, man, each of these movies gets more and more just. Ridiculous, yeah. It's got to one-up itself. Exactly. How do you do it next? You go into space. Now, yeah. is it is it Fast Fast and Furious 9 or 10? I think this is Fast 9. That's what I thought, too. I I wasn't sure if when you looked at the article if it said... Um, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this, is, this is Fast 9. So then this this is the movie coming out that was supposed to come out this year. Like, we would be, right. we would we, be we, talking we, about that Fast and Furious went to space this year. Yeah, it, um, officially it's called F9. Right, so so this is the movie that got delayed in March or April um, to March or April of next year, and 
I guess someone let loose the idea. I guess there is a rocket now that I think about it. There's a rocket attached to a car in that trailer. Um, now, I was just thinking Rocket League, Rocket Cars. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I guess they're going to stand one up and go find Elon Musk's car or something. I guess. Yeah, just race in space. Like, I mean, just think how fast these cars are going to be going. Like, <laughs> from, 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 uh, do they still do a quarter mile race in space? <laughs> I have no idea. In my life, quarter mile at a time. Look of an eye. Yeah, I, whoa. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they hope to gain from, uh, I mean, just winning up in itself. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, do you think this is going to be the last film in the franchise then? Because no. what are they doing for this? No. How, how, what do you do for, for, for F10? I don't know, but no. I don't, I don't well, know. I mean, like, the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff teased like I'm going to spitball because I don't know if it was ever confirmed but I think a lot of people were suspecting it Ryan Reynolds being a big bad because <laughs> um, he is in Hobbs and Shaw for a very short amount of time but the villain yeah. the, the unseen villain that is funding Idris Elba's character uh, sounds suspiciously like Ryan Reynolds during certain parts of his speech and so unless it's a misdirect, I mean, it's a good misdirect if it is. It worked on you, obviously. It worked on me. But otherwise, what the heck is Ryan Reynolds doing? Um, and then we also still have uh, Charlie Theron's character being doing villainous things. But at some point, right, she's got to be welcomed into the family because that's what everyone does is they, they kill someone in the family and then they come back, right? Exactly. But I guess technically... Jason Statham's character didn't kill Han because Han is coming back according to the trailer. So make it that what you will. <laughs> False forgiveness. Is that what it is? Who knows? Uh, very I, weird. I will not be seeing this when this comes out because I have only seen a select few of these. Uh, I'm just so far behind the series. I just don't like, I don't think I'm going to start it. I will be seeing it. Um, I think I'm the only one that wants more races rather than fighting scenes. No, I'd rather have more races. I, I like that. Like, that was. <laughs> it used to be a racing franchise. And That's what the franchise was built on. They used to be able to settle anything by just doing a quarter mile race. Now they have to duke it out. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that's just real life. Like, right. uh, they used to be able to settle any score just by going for a race um but yeah this other thing uh <laughs> I, I wrote this up I, there's not really a specific article for it i tried to find one but i couldn't um so if we you were to say like if you were to assign a term to like each decade in the films that are coming through it so like the 90s is like the action era um yeah. this the 80s maybe the 70s like the blockbuster uh, the summer blockbuster then uh and then maybe uh 2000s to 2010s is like the the reboots the sequels reboots era yeah where they're just like hey here's old stuff and we're either here's starting over again. or Tech. continuing right uh remember this <laughs> um i i got to thinking and i was like is this next decade going to be the age of director's cuts 
Probably. So we've got uh, the obvious one. Now, now director's cuts aren't anything new, but they are rare. Um, the Lord of the Rings extended editions uh, by Peter Jackson. Granted, Peter Jackson refused to write the word director's cuts on them. Because he said, I mean, I think the extended editions are good, but I put out the movie I wanted to put out. <laughs> so I was like, whoa. Uh, granted, I think the extended editions are better because they're just more, more, more stuff. It's just more content. Granted, it makes it like a 15-hour trilogy. <laughs> so there's the obvious, the, the Zack Snyder cut of, of Justice League. Uh, then there's the not-so-obvious, and I guess, I don't know if he's trying to get it off the ground, but David Ayer's... Suicide Squad? Right. I, I don't... That one hasn't been, I guess, greenlit? It's not been what, greenlit. What does it mean? Re-greenlit? There's no, there's no... Yeah, there's no green light for this as a project. There's no... There's not a lot of people even talking about this. But someone asked him on, on yeah. Twitter. Someone was like, hey, we've got the Snyder cut of Justice League. Is there a David Ayer cut of, of Suicide Squad? And he was like... He... From his response, I don't have it word for word, but he didn't seem happy with the, the end result of his movie. Right. His he was like, there's definitely one. There's more. There's definitely um, one there somewhere. And, like, that one's a weird one to me because, like, he was in control of the project the, the entire, entire time, I think. Now, granted, right. there was – sure, I believe him. Maybe there was studio interference. We hear that uh, Warner Brothers was interfering in a lot of movies. Right. Especially DC movies. <laughs> um. So, like, I believe him, but, like – Justice League's, like, probably the unique circumstance because, like, real life really got in the way of why Zack Snyder couldn't complete the, the movie. It wasn't, like, um, with Solo, right? Like, there were a few people clamoring for uh, a Solo cut. because The, the Lord of Miller so, Solo cut, because at one point they were directors. Um, and, and then Lord of Miller went on to make into the Spider-Verse. So they were like, oh, great directors. Let, where, where's their version of Solo? Uh, so like, but in that case, they specifically said there was creative differences. If there's creative differences, like, you, you, you said you didn't want that movie as a studio, right? <laughs> so like, and then you put out the movie you at least more wanted. And if it tanks, own it. Like, you, you made those decisions. Exactly. You can't come back after um, it was like, well, we could have done something better. Maybe like, hey, if you guys like show us some money, like, well, we can. We can right. Like, like this is not this like the first movie you put out, like the the one that went to theaters is not a first draft. <laughs> right. That's a great way of putting it. That is a great way of putting it. Like that's what the that's what post production is for. That's what like you have. <laughs> that's why really, you have producers and editors. Yeah, exactly. They're supposed to be the ones that trim the fat. And if you have, uh, if if you take it to early showings to get like, uh, to go get, like, um, screened and whatnot, and yeah. exactly to get people's ideas on on what they think of it, and if they don't like it, that's that's what that is for. Right. You delay the release. You fix it a little bit where you can, and right. or you accept the loss. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's, saying it's a fir- theatrical releases are not first drafts is a great way of putting it. Um, write, write that down. Write that down. Yeah, they, I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Um, I also know I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it like that, and so um, oh, well. that's why it's really sticking with me. Um, but we're <laughs> also we've also heard that Rocky Four will be getting a director's cut. Sylvester Stallone is really pushing for this. He says there's, 
I believe he says there's something like 20 to 30% more movie that they cut. Interesting. Um, and he's like, and that stuff was really good. And so it's it, it'll be really interesting because a lot of people say that entire movie is just a montage fest. So maybe if those 30 minutes aren't any montages, it will feel slightly less like a montage fest. Um, in Rocky Four, that also has that weird robot. Um, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, if you fan of that, uh, it will be gone in this. Right, the the robots being cut now. Now that's really interesting because, like, I I don't I was never attached to the robot because uh, like it's weird. <laughs> like, why are there robots in Rocky? Uh. But except for like maybe a robot to help Rocky fight, but that's not what this robot is. That's not what this robot is. <laughs> uh, so then, but they're cutting it. But the robot shows up again in Rocky Five. So are they just saying like very weird? Is it just appeared out of nowhere for Rocky Five? <laughs> are we give it five more years? Are we gonna get a a Rocky Five cut? Right. They have all decade cut. to do it if this is the age of directors cuts. That's so, true. I but, really hope that this is not going to be an age of director's cuts because I don't... Oh, I like, agree. I, I don't want it to be either. This is an observation. I don't like the idea of directors being like, well, my movie didn't do as well as it could have. Like, right. We've got, got some scraps of footage lying around. Let's let's add 5% more rearranged like 10 scenes and then put it back out. And it's like, how are we as fans supposed to know? Because like, even though, sure, we want a better version of the movie, maybe. But like, these creatives could just straight up be lying to us and being like oh you didn't like that there was a better version out there and then they think of a better version right now they have have hindsight in rocky 4 they have 30 years of hindsight and if and if they go and do reshoots (laughs) right how are reshoots gonna be are they just gonna film an entirely new movie yeah and so it's like super weird um but going back to the robot in Rocky Four, last thing I want to say about it is like it's kind of, it's a little bit weird to cut it out, even though it is a, just a fundamentally weird piece of the movie. It's weird to cut it out because that robot somehow is when you think of like the most sci-fi robots of all time, it's in there. The, the robot from Rocky is one of the top sci-fi robots of all time. Reminds me of the stuff from from Fallout. The, yeah, Fallout. it's probably where they got it from, to be honest, because um, it, do, it doesn't show up ever again, except in five for a few minutes. But like, it, it's it's in so many like Futurama episodes, and like, it, it's such a an influence to society. Sure, it's a joke, but like, it has now become part of culture. <laughs> exactly, it has its own um, place there. Basically, say yeah, no, we don't something without it it's like if in star trek next generation at some point you were just like data wasn't an android he was just a human <laughs> like it's like oh what you're, you're kind of resetting <laughs> like he's such an iconic android <laughs> right. um, or like an alien that that android um uh, i think it's gus is his name um if he's like like what what else would he be if if you cut him out and just take out the scenes with his robotics and whatnot and you just had him be an actual human like it's it's such an iconic fact that he's an android (laughs) um 
So it's like, yes, it's the weirdest part of the movie, but at the same time, because it's so famous, it's also weird to remove it. Right. Um, It has its place. I feel like there's one other director's cut I wanted to talk about, but I can't think of it right now. I don't know. Um, But yeah, there's a lot coming. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, no, that's not true. That won't happen. Um, I was going to say a Josh Trank Fantastic Four director's cut. That definitely won't happen because Marvel will never greenlight uh, a Marvel product that's not canon right there. now because um, Feige's in charge of all of it. So Feige's the one that has to greenlight it. And they don't want to um, have less control over the property that they're just now kind of getting back. Right, 100%. Um, so yeah, I was, I was going to say that because like, so much controversy over that movie, but no no chance no uh trying to think if there's anything else i guess suicide squad is kind of up there for chances um maybe at all um i there's a lot of people talking about it i don't really care to have it and i'm I'm a person that doesn't like i like certain parts of these movies um certain star wars sequels um There are people calling for a Rise of Skywalker director's cut because J.J. Abrams says they changed a lot of things, and I'm sure they did. But that's kind of um, that's what studios is they change things. Now, granted, I don't necessarily like. <laughs> that's what happens when you sign up to make a movie for a big studio. Right, right. Um, they have the the yeah. They're funding your movie. Exactly. It doesn't get made so. To a certain extent, they do get the final call. Now, granted, it would be nice that if they gave creative freedom now we've seen also in some cases creative freedom can be too much we've seen it in star wars when with everyone pointing to the prequels that's the creator and him doing it on his own too much creative freedom you got some rough dialogue <laughs> real rough dialogue um so like bad acting uh you you it's a balance it's a balance uh between yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, what, what's the next thing we got? So there's, this has come out like in the past couple of days, really. It's, um, some of you may have, may know, uh, or seen or whatever, uh, Netflix's new controversial documentary. Um, now it's not a documentary, right? I thought it was. It's social commentary. Okay. So it's not a documentary. Not truly. Some, some things sources are calling it a documentary. It's not, to my knowledge, it's not real people. And it felt like being followed by cameras. It's actors. Right. This. I originally thought it was a documentary and had some opinions about it, but it um, yeah. but it's it's very controversial for for a few different reasons. Um, and a lot of the praise behind this movie is talking about how it's award winning. It won for Sundance, which also I think is a bit controversial. Um, it's basically. There, there's in the past couple of days, I guess the past couple of weeks. It follows like child pageants kind of culture, that that kind yes. of stuff, right? Um, yes. Uh, over sexualized child. And over sexualized uh, minors. Yes. And so, like, it, it's it's a controversial movie at its core. Yes. Um, uh, and, and the idea about, like, the, from the director's point of view, it was made as a commentary on the over sexualization of minors that we see. Right. Uh, however, people are getting upset at the uh, amount of uh, amount that we're seeing out of um, out of this film. Right. And there's been a call uh, online over the past week or so 
to hashtag cancel Netflix. Right. Uh, and just over the, over this, because like, why would Netflix allow something like this to be made? Right. Uh, uh, and from from what I understand, it's working really well. The the cancel Netflix. They uh, pretty much in almost in a little over twenty four hours lost nine billion in stocks. I do wonder though if. I mean, it, we I don't know if anyone knows the the full story about certain things, um, especially behind the scenes financing. Right. Um, the way because he's a French director, it went to Sundance. That leads me to believe that Netflix maybe picked it up at Sundance, at which then they're not responsible for making it; they're just distributing it. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't. Um, which is certainly less bad if you're against this movie. It should be less bad in your eyes, because that means they didn't actually finance the movie; they just bought it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I, I'm kind of split on it because originally I thought it was a direct, uh, a documentary. Um, and when I heard it was a documentary, I was like, well, a lot of documentaries show like the bad sides of our culture, and they show it in ways that are like shocking. And it's um, they they use the shock factor so that when you're watching it, you're like, oh, these people are crazy, and this is not a good thing. Exactly. Um, like Super Size Me, right? Like Super Size Me is not about we should all get the supersized meal at McDonald's. It's not about that. It's about the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it showcases a guy that does it. Right? He he goes to McDonald's and he gets a, a supersized burger every day for like a week or whatever. Um, but then by the end of the movie, it shows like the full horrors of that. And slowly they're like, well, obviously part of me thinks this is a bad idea, but is it actually? And like... Um, and then just more and more by the end of it, uh, you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. Um, and that was the point of the documentary. And when I originally thought this was a documentary, I thought it was kind of similar that it was using the shock factor that it was like, oh, look at this is their life. Look how bad it is. Now, um, the one thing that I will give this movie credit for, um, is that the ending does, there's not like a, a happy ending like it's not this movie doesn't end right. glorifying this lifestyle this this child pageantry uh the the ending of it is the the main protagonist uh, choosing to leave that world she's yes she's uh she's choosing to leave she goes back to her family and, and realizes that like this is not what i want right and so like with that being the ending it leads me to believe that like like the director you know the guy who started it uh, now maybe he's trying to save face. I don't know. Uh, but it leads me to believe the director's words that, hey, I'm just trying to show you what this thing is really like, and you should have your opinions about that. Um, granted, some of the things I've heard that are in the movie, I think is maybe taking it a bit too far. Yes. Um, like if it was a documentary and that stuff still happened, that's I think more... then it would be okay to be in there, but it would be even more insane. But the fact that those moments were scripted is a little weird to me. Yeah. Because um, there's basically child nudity, right? Which is... And so it's like, no, that that shouldn't have been in there. That's um, but, like, but the intention behind it, I don't think is inherently bad. Um, but again, I don't know the full story. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the director. I don't, 
I don't know the executive at Netflix that that greenlit it. I can't talk on anyone's character, but uh, canceling Netflix, I, I doubt. I'm sure most of those people canceling Netflix are in a similar boat as I am. That in the sense that I don't know a whole lot, and so maybe you should <laughs> uh, think twice. And maybe uh, there's a lot of uh, good intentions. Now the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but. Uh, and maybe a lot of these people didn't watch the whole movie. They didn't realize that the girl left uh, that culture. Yeah, maybe they just see one part of it or, or watch just the first bit. And like, then... Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was watching it, I'd probably stop after they show a nude minor. I'd be like, what the heck is this? Right. Uh, right. Now it doesn't interest me a whole lot. but uh, And then I'd have my negative feelings towards it. So I completely get where the negative feelings come from. Um, I just think, and I agree that those scenes should not be in there, but, but I don't believe that this movie necessarily, like as a concept shouldn't have been made. Um, yeah, there's a way, there's a way you could have done it. There's a way to do things. A little bit more effective. Yeah. Um, but that's probably been enough. We should covering that. Um, right. Let's talk about something so much less controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial for a different reason. Completely. Uh, uh, the Disney's live-action Mulan. Um, right, greatest so, movie ever made. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No comment. Um, so now, now, you ended up not seeing this, right? I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I probably will end up... So I, I have I learned a little bit more about it. We learned a little bit more about what's in the movie, certain characters, whatnot. And I gotta say, not interested. I will, I'm kind of with I will, you. I, I probably will end up seeing it in the end but from what i understand like, i won't pay of, for it yeah oh uh, yeah exactly a lot of the character moments that like you'd expect in mulan just aren't there it's just kind of bland well that's because thinking back on mulan a lot of the character moments are during the songs exactly they're, they're some of the most important <laughs> the parts. songs are like montages of character development and, and <laughs> part of part of what's what's lovely about mulan like the the original the animated one is that she's not good at what she does she goes off and, and has to learn to do this like that's it's part of her growth right. as a character in 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 the live action version she's already incredibly proficient in weapons she's an what? absolutely incredible fighter <laughs> she she's basically she's basically neo like at one point she does oh like my a, and yeah she's incredibly proficient already with this uh she ends up using these skills to to fight a witch um and just like a lot of the character growth that we we were expecting wasn't there in this at all very strange very uh strange. And, and basically the, the kind of the whole movie is like the the reason that she's not so she she starts out this movie very proficient in fighting and just right out of the gate that's crazy right out of the gate. Right what, out of what's the, the explanation for that in that culture uh, that was not magic, a thing magic. she's got magic in her blood <laughs> what yeah but Mushu's not in it. How could there be magic in this world? How is there a witch? The witch, the witch, the witch who has magic. Uh, and basically, it's Ugh. like it's it's old, it's old blood, it's old magic, like old magic and old blood kind of a thing. Ah, just and like she, in real life. That, yeah, and she hides <laughs> that from she hides that from her fellow her fellow like um, soldiers and whatnot until it's needed, until for her to come out at the end and be like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> she hides it so she just lets people die. Much. <laughs> Jeez, this is terrible. Uh, I can't wait to see it though, um, because it's terrible. 
Although it's also controversial, not just for being a bad movie. Um, China uh, banned media coverage of it because uh, there was a lot of negative media around it. Well, partially, um, but it's not entirely why they ban- they banned media coverage. Uh, they banned media coverage because some of the locations in which this movie was shot. Well, that's what I was going to get to. The negative okay. media was mostly surrounding um, that they shot the movie uh, in provinces that have internment camps. I don't know too much about it, but um, <laughs> this sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Um, there, there are, and I, I don't. And it like calls out those specific provinces in the movie, supposedly, it and it's like. And, and I don't know if very I don't weird. know too much about this. I don't. I haven't read into this, but supposedly, and it's it's likely this is happening. But that's I'm just saying supposedly, allegedly, uh, there are uh, crimes against human rights that are happening in these provinces under Chinese. Yeah, that's not. That's pretty bad. Like exactly. Um, and and basically, this is being pointed out in the movie, and China's like, nope, that's not happening. I'm uh, allegedly. <laughs> Uh, nope, that's not happening. I'm gonna right. just stop all all coverage of this entirely. And so, oof. so this, it, in addition to the atrocities that, it's absolutely crazy to me that like if you told me this happened, you obviously can't say the original Mulan movie, but like that year, right? Um, so in like the '90s, maybe I wouldn't be too surprised. But, like, in the woke culture that we have today, like, it's crazy that no one – I mean, maybe maybe they did do their research, but, like, they didn't do their research and, like, oh, these people have internment camps. Maybe we should do this somewhere else. <laughs> um, like, real weird. And it's definitely hurting their box office because a lot of Chinese people are saying – hey, uh, we don't support that, so we're not going to support this movie. And I think everyone was kind of expecting this movie to be a hit in China, as well as here. But but because ooh. of this because of this blackout of media coverage, it significantly hurt the numbers uh, ab- abroad. And yeah. it's kind of leading to this whole idea that Mulan did not turn out the way they wanted it. Right. There was already negative... I mean, a, a lot of this stuff had been somewhat talked about before but uh it wasn't like super mainstream knowledge uh but like with having the negative buzz going into it oh it's gonna be 30 dollars and then hearing this sort of stuff it's just like geez like it it, is this movie more controversial than song of the south this i'll never know because i haven't seen song of the south so (laughs) I, i have and that is a very um like i yeah, that's Disney is trying to hide that they're past and But it's like it's interesting that they they hide Song of the South doesn't make it out of the vault and then they make this. Right. <laughs> um it, I mean it, maybe it has to do where like it's all in where the money is. If if, if maybe, the Chinese market yeah. is, is where the money is. Right, then who who cares? I I'm not saying it, but like that's the thought process maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Um, real bad. But it's very. It, it is very likely that Mulan, Disney's live-action Mulan, will be coming uh, free to Disney Plus uh, sooner rather than later. So you think it will come sooner? I think it will come sooner. What we were. If you had, to, I think they said first week of December. Yes. 
when do you think it's gonna come forever for everyone who actually wants to see this movie but doesn't want to pay for it probably by the end of october I mean, you know october maybe, like i probably by the end of october here's the reason i'd say not okay the mandalorian drops at the end of october <laughs> Uh, um, so, so you're thinking from a strictly like, how are we going to get people to dropping new it? content if we're trying to get new subscribers? And Disney Plus, um, Disney is doing a great job of like their goal is to be able to drop pretty much drop something weekly. Like they want to drop right. a new episode ideally. Weekly. That's their end goal. Um, so that's, you, that's, which means you can't have a lot of overlap. So I'm exactly. thinking either. Oh yeah, go go ahead. If that's the case, then it might be pushed back a little bit to November. I don't know what's currently on yeah. schedule. I, I think it's either going to be mid-October or mid to late November. Okay. But there's still – maybe you don't do that because Black Widow is dropping at some point, if it still is. Um, which which kind of gets us to this next thing, that Mulan's numbers uh, theatrically – it was released in theaters in other countries. Um, terrible. Uh, like I don't even want to say not good absolutely horrible <laughs> less than 10 million dollars opening weekend uh, I think they had an additional bad weekend this I, I think it was slightly higher this weekend but still bad because um, I think it opened in more places um, and then despite positive reports around Disney Plus subscriptions uh, I don't know if they're s super good <laughs> um I have a hard time believing that they're super good. Let me let me put it that way. Okay. Um. And so it's just so Milan's numbers not super great, and then on the opposite side, different studio, Warner Brothers, Tenet, a movie that I think is really good. Uh, I understand why some people say it's not. It's not Christopher Nolan's greatest movie, but it's really fun. It's really interesting. Um. I think it's still a good movie. It's a great movie. Uh, that's numbers. That movie's numbers may also not be good enough, but it's in an interesting situation because Warner Brothers is not releasing its numbers. The numbers we have for Tenet are not exact numbers. So typically the way things work is studios have kind of come to this collective agreement with a third party that they will report their numbers they will just do that. They will report That's them. Kind of they will yeah. report them weekly, daily, sometimes hourly. <laughs> um, and, and now, is this like a legally binding thing, or is this just like an understood thing? It's an understood thing. It's an unwritten rule. Kind of um, it's an understood thing. However, it's so understood that Warner Brothers got permission from other studios to not release their numbers. Um, now, now, why would other studios agree to this? Because... On the off chance that Tenet does bomb, uh, does fail at the box office, well, then the other studios don't want don't want people to see that the theater industry isn't quite making a comeback. So it would be good to hide that for them. Um, however, the longer they hide it, the more studios have to start making decisions because in November, I mean, certain movies have already moved out of October, such as Wonder Woman 1984. Uh... So movies in November have to start eventually making a decision. Hey, are we going to hold these November dates, or is the theater industry not ready yet? Yeah. Um, now, Wonder Woman moving, I think, is super interesting because that's also Warner Brothers, and they have the numbers, right? They have Tenet's numbers, and they're choosing to move Wonder Woman. So the question is, is this 
are they trying to either clear the box office so that more, the tenant gets more numbers, or just genuinely they're like, there's not enough out there right now. We want to push this back to try and wait till there's like more of an audience to, to show up. And it could be a little bit of both because Wonder Woman was supposed to come out the first week of October, and presumably Los Angeles and New York theaters will be Man. opening a few days before that. You are always with that presumably. Presumably. We're always presuming here. Uh, <laughs> presumably. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, you did this costume. I'm able Not... to presume, though. <laughs> so it is the right word. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I just yeah, miss I'll... a letter. It's like a take for take for granted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, Wonder Woman uh, was going to come out the first week of October, but... Uh, New York and LA theaters are looking like they might open up a little bit before then so that'll be the first opportunity for people to go see Tenet if they want to but if the first time they're able to go to the theaters they're immediately given a choice between two potentially really popular movies by the same studio all of a sudden Warner Brothers is competing with itself which isn't necessarily ideal but granted even though they'll be competing with themselves they'll still be like the only two movies out for a while. <laughs> um, at least the only two like grade A top of the line movies, big budget. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, we know Sony has a completely different decision than Disney's move to move Mulan to Disney plus uh, Warner Brothers decision to let tenant release. Sony has, formerly decided and we kind of knew this based on what they've done um what they did immediately with morbius which was i think their first movie um but during the pandemic that was going to come out yeah um they immediately moved it to 2021 and that's sony's thing is they're not even going to bother releasing anything in 2020 um they just know it's not going to happen now do you think so a lot of these movies are, are like they have time slots available. They've already been paid for. If if move if studios were to move dates back just a couple of months or whatever, are these to time slots they've already owned or are they paying for these? That's something I don't quite understand. Because I think as more people move, it also opens up other time slots. Probably, but maybe if if somebody's like, you know, what, we're just gonna push it back a year or whatever, that might I don't know, and this could be entirely talking nonsense. That it might be saving them money. Right. If they're not like if if they're not changing the 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 date of release like four times in the same year. Oh, for sure. A little bit of um, and it's definitely saving money if people are not going to the movie theaters right, right. now. Yes, exactly. Um if movies are losing money then they are. Granted, they also from my understanding lose some money by not releasing it because they took out loans to to make these movies. Um, so like it's, it's a balance. Um, there's a lot of different strategies going on. Uh, but like you said, talking about new dates, like I was super surprised. A lot of people were speculation that also, I kind of feel like, uh, this was a self-fulfilled prophecy of wonder woman moving Okay. because so tenant came out and everyone was just talking about it. They were like, Oh, we'll see. We'll see how it does. We'll see. And then we got some estimation numbers, and a lot of people were like, yeah, it is the best movie out right now, making the most amount of money. 
Um, it's over $200 million worldwide. Granted, it needs to make a fair bit more than that. <laughs> To, to be profitable. Uh, yeah. To be profitable. But a lot of people were like, oh, Mulan's, not Mulan, Wonder Woman's going to move. Wonder Woman's going to move because Tenet's numbers aren't good enough. Wonder Woman's going to move. And there was like 48 hours where a bunch of people were talking about this. And I got to think, I was like, well, at this rate, yeah, Wonder Woman's going to move because everybody's talking about it. Right. Based so off funny. of numbers, not even a quote. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess it is. And then lo and behold, it did. But everyone's speculation around it was that Wonder Woman would move to Dune slot, which is like December 18th. Instead, Wonder Woman moved to Christmas the week after. Yeah. Super weird because now they have the conflict that we are all suspecting would be a good reason for them to move Wonder Woman is you don't want Wonder Woman and Tenet to uh, fight for the box office. Yeah, so now Wonder Woman and Dune are going to fight. At the are going to fight because Dune is also a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> Um, Maybe it's when they're just like, you know what, we need, we need butts and seats. We need... Right. They, their thought is, do you know what, three more months, and then we commit. <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, that'll be interesting because there will potentially be some competition if the other studios don't blink. Uh, we have James Bond, No Time to Die coming in November, Black Widow coming in November. I don't know if they're going to hold it now that Wonder Woman's moved, but if they do hold it, then Dune and Wonder Woman got a fair bit of competition. <laughs> Granted, those movies will, will be out for a month. They won't be the new, the shiny new candy. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. It's very strange. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of on the side that if people are afraid to go to the theaters, now this is independent of whether things actually are safe or not. This is just complete hypothetical. If people are afraid of going to the theaters, the only way they will stop being afraid is if the theaters have been opened for a while and things are not normal but normalized. That they're like, hey, we've been open for two months. We've been doing this. Everything's okay. Rather than Tenet was like, we've been open for a week. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I truly think that's the only way that people are going to have their fears abated. Um, it, but that's independent of things actually being safe. Now, you, you spoke uh, just a bit ago, we were talking about um, Dune and Wonder Woman potentially having to, to find at the box office. We just recently, because we talked about it when we, when we went to go see Two it. days before Wonder Woman <laughs> moves, Dune drops a trailer and it has the date on it. So they've said that. They're like, you know what? We're committing. Oh, yeah. So strange. Now. But let's talk about this trailer. But Despite the strangeness of, of the trailer, there's more interesting, interesting things to talk about, that being the content of said trailer. Yeah. Super cool. I'm all in. <laughs> I I liked the trailer. I did. Yeah. Now, I, I've, I've said this time and again, and I will continue to say this. I don't think it's going to be a good dude. I do. Okay. And let me, let me explain why. Go ahead and explain, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of buzz that if it is good, now <laughs> it, it's kind of a coin flip because, like, it could be good and be a financial disaster, and so we still end up in column A. Um, and what is column A? Potentially Dune, the director, this is potentially just part one. 
of a two-part Dune movie that will cover the first book. Um, which we were talking about. The story's super complicated. It's really hard to I cover in say, two to two and a half hours. I'll put this down now while you're talking while you just said If this is a part one, I am more comfortable with this being a, a, right. a good rotation. And so, but it's interesting because, like, if it has to be A, good, and B, financially s- successful, I don't know if it'll be financially successful just because Tenet was good and it may not be. Um, granted, in like a year from now, they could re-release Tenet, make the rest of the money back, because everyone who didn't see it in theaters, I would think, would be like, oh, it's actually quite an experience to see it in theaters, as I've been saying. Right. Uh, and Christopher Nolan's been saying. Um, but, so not only the part one, part two, remember a few months ago, I said there's also a Dune TV show coming? Yes. I thought this was a completely separate thing. Nope. The director of the movie is directing the first episode of the TV show. It's clearly connected. So oh, so that means we potentially will get a TV show and two movies all around the first book. I think this could this could be it. Okay, maybe. Maybe. So if this <laughs> is connected, because I've said for a while... It's a lot of time to tell this story. Making, making a good Dune adaptation in general is in, inherently difficult. 100%. But I've said that the best, the way that you are most likely to get a good adaptation is going to be in a TV show. Yeah. There's just not enough time to cover that much material, that much lore in a movie. You would need a TV show. Now, if this is a movie that is connected to a TV show, I I can I feel more comfortable with it because they don't have to cover absolutely everything. They still need to hit a few points. Like if you're if you read if you read books in a series. In book four, even though you've been following these characters the whole time, you're still going to get a brief introduction yeah. to each thing. It's not a full thing because most readers are still, most readers are still the same readers. You don't need to fully tell every bit of backstory again. Right, but you do a slight recap. Exactly. Now, if there's something similar to that in this movie, I, that I can I can definitely see it being good. Yeah. Uh, as and... long as now, okay. Do you think this? So it's connected to the TV show. Do you think this will be like? The introduction to this like I, this is the well it's weird because the movie afterwards. at its current state the movie will come out before the tv show i believe okay um so and i believe the tv show is specifically following the witches okay so it'll be following more of the mysticism that is okay. kind of confusing in dune yeah. so so it might end up being a really good thing um because there's like it's like it's very scientific but then it's also like not at all it's very mystical <laughs> As long as they have them connected, the movie can focus yeah. more on the movie's good, and we can get much more of the lore from the TV show. That, that's what I hope, too. Um, but this is interesting. This is the second Warner Brothers product that will have a direct TV show attached to it with the director involved, because the Batman is having the Gotham TV show with Matt Reeves involved. So... Is uh, this the is this becoming a normal thing? I mean, we could talk about the MCU and its TV shows, but the TV shows aren't necessarily directly linked with a particular movie. It's just... Like, sure, I'm sure they'll be connected, as Kevin Feige's advertised. Right. But, I mean, they're... they're <laughs> it's talking about Gotham PD and Batman, It it's like the same sentence. Right. It's not, <laughs> not just like WandaVision and Doctor Strange. Sure, they're both magical characters. But unless the story connects them, that's pretty much where all the commonality ends. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah this trailer looks super cool um the fear is the mind killer um the sandworm looks really intense everyone says it looks like a butthole but um and they're probably right but <laughs> uh it's an awesome looking worm yeah and then so i think it's actually kind of weird because looking at the cast in their roles i think oscar isaac and rebecca ferguson play the parents which means they have to die <laughs> and they're probably the highest build cast so is this gonna be like an introduction saying okay like you're coming here for these names that um, you're gonna stay well because like a lot of people have to die in this is very political um yes. movie um if you don't know the the dune series is, is yeah it's just a political gambit because like the whole thing is that this planet i, f I forget the names of everything but uh, this planet that Paul's family, the main character, Paul's family, is put in charge of is, like, pretty much the only planet they can mine for spice. And spice is used basically for their hyperspace travel and their drugs. So it's basically the most important planet in the galaxy. Yep. Um, and so his family's put in charge of it, but then everyone else in the galaxy, all the other important families... You know, they want to be in charge of the planet, so a lot of espionage. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird, but I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, I think the music they put in the trailer was really funny. Because um, <laughs> uh, at first I was like, this is a real song. But then I was like, oh, wait, it's the dune, 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 dune. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I wanted just a score. But no, I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, I don't know that there was anything about this trailer that I didn't care that much for. Right. Like I, I just I was enraptured. I mean, it's hard uh, to say because it almost looked like they were just like, here's a picture of, uh, Dave Batista. Here's a picture of Josh Brolin. Here's, uh, is it? What, what's his point. name? Steven Skarsgård? Ah. Stellan Skarsgård? Uh, um, guy who plays Eric Selvig. Stefan. Is it Stefan Skarsgård? Maybe. I don't know. But him, like, coming out of the mud. It, it's very just like, oh, and he's in this movie and stuff like that. But then also That's you get the good sequence with Tim Timothy Chalamet um, I was say, this, this, with the hand like, in the box. The cast of this. Oh, so good. I know. It's stacked. Oh, oh yeah. Which which could could lead this to could lead to mean that this is going to be very good. But we've also products that stack casts that don't do school fair so, fair um i don't i don't think it inherently means anything but if this does turn out to be good boy we've got we've got the cast this, this will be some good act yeah it's just a shame that a lot of them won't survive too much of the movie <laughs> yeah. uh just by the nature don't of the story attached, don't get too attached to anyone yeah it's the suicide squad of lore uh, of political intrigue yeah um there's a news article about a movie you like, right? <laughs> You're the only uh, one that likes it. I'm just kidding. Let's go next. Uh, yeah. So we were hearing a little bit more about uh, Avatar 2, like the uh, the Blue People Avatar. The Blue Let's People, yep. Hit from a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's crazy because, like, to talk about, we were talking about, like, the, the uh, 
the tw- 2000s to early 2010s being the era of like sequels and reboots and here he's <laughs> making a sequel to his own product 10 years <laughs> later and it's after the era of sequel <laughs> this isn't even a sequel that was like you know what it's been so long since right we- right this has been planned <laughs> there's more to tell no this was planned from the beginning that there was yeah. going to be fun day we're one just, you know like, we're just getting the next the sequel finally <laughs> yeah finally uh, I, I did enjoy the first one. Um, there's a lot of hate saying that it's just Space Pocahontas, which I need to rewatch it. I don't know. Story is like that, but I, I like. I mean, so much detail went into creating the the aliens, the the plan, yeah. the flora fauna of the world, making this all work. They went to incredible depth. To Definitely this. that stuff. That video you showed me, where like how all the animals come from like a similar genome kind of thing. You could absolutely explain. Like, um, from if you wanted to follow the evolution of these creatures. I was like, hats off to you, man. Mad respect, Cameron. <laughs> exactly. Like, And another thing that I think is fascinating about this movie is that to, to even film the movie itself, they had to invent the technology which they used. Like, right. They didn't exist with what they wanted to do. And so they, they built it. They didn't have it, so they built it. And that's the same kind of thing they're doing for the second one. To film these underwater scenes, Like the technology they needed to do this didn't exist and so they they made it for this movie and so like it's it's incredible that they're like furthering the filming technology like the filming industry just in making this movie well it's like that's what a lot of filmmakers try to do right because like i I feel like christopher nolan at least does it in like what the kinds of stories you can tell okay right so that, on the, not on the film side but on the storytelling no side. no i think there there is a fair amount of stuff on the film side but um I, I think the biggest thing is the kind of stories you can tell the fact that you can tell these super non-linear stories um in such vastly different ways but then you also have i would say george lucas a huge pioneer of behind the camera absolutely um because like whether it was the models and puppets of the original trilogy or the at the time top of the line computer generation uh of the prequels but then i would even go so far to then some of the star wars things without george lucas like um or i'll I'll still keep george Lucas in the picture for now um the the underground like five minute episode short of that show that he was going to make where it was like full green screen stuff but with just like a handful of practical things and you could create these awesome sequences with it and have it look beautiful and interactable and that's and then continuing with star wars the way they filmed the mandalorian with the volume um and so like there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are innovating the way things are done at least from a graphics um, perspective, from like The Mandalorian, that's one of the first TV shows that has straight up felt like a movie. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, like Game of Thrones is probably Game up Thrones. there. Yeah, um, but but there was I would say with Game of Thrones, there was nothing to compare it to. There was never a Game of Thrones movie to compare like graphics wise, like to see these fantastic. Ones. I guess I would say Lord of the Rings, right? Um, I guess. But the thing is, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones have the benefit of just like actually doing it and going to these places. <laughs> But then there's the Hobbit, which is rubbery. Right, I don't know what happened there, but uh, but like Star Wars is going, they they stopped filming on location. 
Star Wars used to be the the kind of people that filmed on location, but now with the Mandalorian, they don't go anywhere. They don't need to. And it looks just as amazing. So, uh, but yeah, James Cameron, uh, he's like doing these new new technology stuff, like the computer generation of Avatar is top of the line. Um, and, and then so we've also seen so we've gotten some set images of um, of Sigourney Weaver reprising her role, uh, which is great because she died in the first one right isn't the villain coming back also who also died he also died in the first one and he's he is again so this was news that we had heard are they gonna be like force ghosts like what is this i feel like sigourney weaver's coming back as one of the navi uh there was that there was that uh, at the end of the movie she was attempted to yeah she was there there was the attempt to turn her into a navi and it was said so that she was she was dead um but the the villain of the first film, I don't remember the actor's name. Yeah, I can't think of it. Uh, he, he has been, it has been said that and confirmed, or at least this was several years ago, so maybe the idea will change, that he will be the villain of the next four, the, of, the, of all five. <laughs> He's the villain. Wow. Which, I feel like you're, if you're straight out coming and saying that, like, there's not going to be any... Growth? Like, we're not... We're, any we're stakes? Not, like, yeah, because if he, like... What? How? How is the second film gonna end? Yeah, but the you still have to like you have to, you still have to stop the mass murder every time, right? Like, I guess, but it's just like, oh, we'll see you again next time. But but it is, he's gonna have to find more and more convoluted ways to come back if they kill him every time. Right. Um, yeah, that that'll be weird. Um, if they do end up making it that he's not the villain all five, I will be more interested. Yeah. I'm still gonna watch it. I like the first one. Uh, I'll be just as excited to watch this one. I'm just interested to see how these characters are coming back. Like they died. <laughs> like, <laughs> they died, and there's no force ghosts in this world. So. And I'd argue if if you were to bring one of them back, like which one could probably make it back? I'd argue that uh, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's character. Right, because like because she, she almost there already. Made, there was an attempt made to at least preserve her to, to transfer yeah. her. Content. So that one I could I can understand. The other guy, no clue, no idea. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, very weird. Um, we got some news about the DCEU, a comment they made um, during the DC Fandom Part 2 that we didn't really watch because there's a lot of TV show stuff that was kind of just like, hey, we're still making TV shows. Uh, but otherwise, they did drop a big piece of news, or at least people think it's big. Uh, around the Flash movie. I think the biggest piece of news is that they're really ramping up talking about it, which means the Flash sounds like it's coming pretty soon, um, which this project's kind of been on hiatus for a while. And so the big piece of news is that their words are something to the effect of that, like, the Flash movie will include everything and not forget anything now i don't believe that i think it will intentionally not acknowledge certain things yeah uh but i'd be interested if it acknowledged the tv shows we know that it's acknowledging michael keaton batman uh, and potentially continuing with michael keaton batman afterwards so that ben affleck gets his send-off in this movie uh, I'm just like, 
it's clearly just going to be like, oh, here's Flashpoint, and the only products that survive are the financially viable ones. Right. I, I do like I do like that they've kind of said you know everything exists everything's canon. Right. And they kind of they did that at least we got a little bit of that with the TV shows uh, with Crisis on Infinite Earths and kind of glad that they're they're bringing that back they're like they're, they're extending that to the rest of the DC uh, cinematic like the everything line. yeah everything. I, I think that's the, the the way to go. There's there's been some rough ones over the years, but you're like, well, that that existed. That's that's a universe. That universe is just like that. Uh, if you want to explain George Clooney's Batman, yes, that's there. You go. There's the he must come back. Bring him back. <laughs> just imagine, just imagine that Riddler as the one from Matt Reeves' The Batman. Oh jeez, <laughs> with George Clooney. That. Oh my goodness. Uh, that'd be good, but yeah, like obviously they're not gonna acknowledge Matt Reeves the Batman. They're not gonna acknowledge the Joker, right? Like, mm, I mean, I'm everything's think- connected, but but these right. They don't have to actually show it. Uh, but the, I think the most interesting thing, regardless of their statement, is that their statement after Justice League was, "Hey, we're not gonna bother trying to make things connected anymore. We're just gonna focus on making good movies." And this is kind of the first really big moment they've mentioned the DCEU again. Right, like as a whole, like like the concept of... Yeah. And again, we're still using the term because there is no official term yet, still. Well, they've kind of started using it, I think. Have they really? Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if it was the writer of the article that was using it. It was kind of hard to tell whether it was the writer or the quote. Um, And I might just be misremembering, but I believe... (laughs) So I think uh, it might start becoming called the DCEU. I mean, we've been doing uh, that for years. So. And what, like, a great name for it actually now, though, that, now like, now that, now that it actually is extended. Yeah. The universe yeah. will extend to everything. It definitely is probably the most fitting name that they could come yeah. up with. Yeah. Much better than Spunk. <laughs> Yeah, they they're still they're still number two in terms of names. Right. Uh, Spunk is definitely last. No matter how many other universes happen, Spunk will always <laughs> be last. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, not otherwise not too much news there, other than just like they're really saying that movie's gonna be huge. Um, and the more they keep talking about it, the more I think that they're gonna start actually making it. Um. <laughs> They've got several scripts for it. It's just a matter of them picking one. Um, all right, let's jump into this Marvel. How how much more time do you have? I keep going. Okay. Um, you sure? Because I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm good. All right. Um, let's jump into it, – it's crazy. The Marvel news that came out this week, this should have been I, – I, I usually like to ramp up to finishing with Marvel or Star Wars because those are some of the most profitable products. Um, those are some of the things we're the biggest fans of, um, so it's the easiest to talk about. So uh, it's kind of like the main topic. We're so mainstream. We like the things that are most profitable. That's true. Who doesn't? <laughs> they're the most profitable, right? Yeah, they're the most profitable for a reason. Um, contribute to that. I like Suicide Squad. All right, now I need to go wash my mouth. 
you do have I do movie. have a Suicide Squad poster, and it's also let my least cut, favorite poster. Let the, I, let, well, I'm gonna cut the sound bite before that. <laughs> I'm just gonna have I do have a Suicide Squad movie. You could also cut it with the previous statement of I love the Suicide. I love Suicide Squad. <laughs> I might love the Suicide Squad. I I definitely think it's gonna be better in film. Uh, uh, hard I, to be worse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'm done taking shots. Uh, but yeah, I, any other week, this Marvel news would be our final story. But there's so much more. But we get to talk about Star Wars right after it, so let's get into this Marvel stuff. Um, the first thing's not a super big deal, but it, it's a big deal. Going to us talking about James Cameron and his uh, influence on how films are made. Uh, Taika Waititi is doing his thing. So the Mandalorian made these stagecraft volumes that are pretty decently sized and they can basically just film and get accurate lighting because basically it's a whole room of LED screens. Um, and that's why the environments look like they're actually there because they're pretty close to it. Instead of being in front of a green screen, they're in front of a picture of that <laughs> uh screen of that uh setting um so that's why it looks really good taika watiti directed i believe two episodes of the mandalorian it might have just been one but i think it was two yeah i think it was the first and the last episode okay i could be wrong about that, I, I didn't know that um that taika watiti directed and we also know that he's directing uh, the next thor movie he directed thor ragnarok and he's directing Thor 4, Love and Thunder. And he said, now this, ma this makes a ton of sense to me. The Thor, Thor Ragnarok takes place predominantly in space on alien planets. Mm -hmm. So Thor is a perfect product, just like Star Wars, to use this same technology. To where they can get the perfect outside setting, the perfect whatever they want need, because it's also just as alien and they can switch between settings so easily. Yeah. They don't have to travel halfway around the world to get Tatooine in some desert of Africa. <laughs> like, uh, they can just, hey, we need to reshoot some. All right, pull up the Tatooine setting. Um, you think this is going to be like the rise in the digital settings? They're going to say this, like, all right, if, you, if we need to shoot. I think this movie will be the first one that people realize the digital setting uh, which is really interesting because Tenet just globe trotted in order to <laughs> uh, tell their story they went to Vietnam and England and uh, Norway is that think uh, where's Oslo Oslo Norway Norway cool <laughs> uh, do you think there will Russia. always be a um, like the, the, the shooting in, on location is still better like there's it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough to say because uh, they're even making a bigger and better volume for Thor 4 is the news. Um, so it's going to be even better, even more LED screens. Um, it's going to be, they were talking upwards of like twice the size. Um, so they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to do longer scenes in it kind of thing. Uh, bigger sets for it. So it, it's going to be really interesting um, how Thor 4 turns out, but is there always going to be something to uh, pra 
shooting on location being better? Maybe. Um, I got to say, as someone who already doesn't notice certain graphic problems, um, I don't think it'll make a huge difference to me. They, they, they make a difference to me. I, I, I mean, I can always but, like I, I definitely have to respect the idea. Like, if you're shooting on other worlds or whatever, like that's the, you can't do that. We don't. Right. Don't There's obviously like sure if it's so, a desert planet, you can go to a desert, but. <laughs> but if yeah, so you definitely have to res- like respect the idea that like if they just physically can't shoot location, that it, there's going to be some level of computer generated right. imagery. Right. Certain sci-fi products will look way better doing doing it like this. I, I'm excited. I, I think it's really cool. Again, it's the idea that where we're inventing technology, like this is just an advancement. Uh, and it's cool to see that like during our lives, like you, of course you can look up here like, Oh, for the past 30 years, you've seen these changes. Like just to actually point to something and say, this I mean, this is, is happening cool. right now. <laughs> That's so cool. This is the next Thor movie. Yeah. Uh, so that I think is really cool. Um, very innovative of Taika Waititi. And I think he's the perfect guy to do it since he just, was a director using it. Um, and then he's helming this next really big movie, also probably mostly in space. Makes sense. Uh, but that's not the biggest news of Marvel this week. Um, I forget the actor's name. What's his name? Do you have the article? I do. Uh, okay, what's his name? Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, so he was just casted in Ant-Man 3. And most people are thinking it's going to be Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Not confirmed yet uh, what his role will be, but that's what we're leading towards. And that's pretty big because for those who do know, or for those who don't know, I guess, Kang is a pretty big villain. Uh, he's kind of a historian, but there, there's been talk that like this this might be the villain of like Avengers 5. The, the next big bad of MCU. Now you're saying you think he should be kind of like a like a recurring character for a little while. Well, that's because that's the way he is in the comics. He's he's yeah. like almost exclusively a recurring character, and then every so many years he gets like this like ten issue story. Now is this? Are we saying something like we're gonna be in in uh, Captain America five or whatever, follow whoever, and just they're gonna look through a window and Kang's just gonna be there. <laughs> That kind of recurring, you mean uh, like he's no, I mean like he's a big part recurring, um, just like constantly antagonizing. Now, for those who don't know as well, like who is he? Who does he mess around with the most? Like what stories is he? Been? It's tough to say, really, because like so, if we talk just from a general standpoint, uh, Kang is a longtime descendant of Reed Richards, named Nathaniel Richards. He's, like, centuries in the future where basically, like, more or less world peace has happened. Um, and he's not not a fan. Um, and But then, like, there's some confusing things that it's, like, his future where he's achieved world peace. Um, but ultimately, he starts time traveling to, like, find conflict. <laughs> um, and then also to bring that future civilization earlier um so it's it's a little confusing um and just about every interpretation of kang is slightly different than the previous one but that's okay because this is a character that travels through time and learns different things and has different viewpoints at different points in his life 
Now, here's the part that gets weird to me. Okay. A lot of Kang's stories are about him traveling through time, like to ancient Egypt, to ancient Rome, stuff like that. I assume most of our Marvel movies will take place. I, I mean, I guess we're in the year 2023, but we're almost actually in the year 2023 <laughs> in the MCU. Um, like a relative scale, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, if Kang shows up in Ant-Man 3 and Ant-Man 3 takes place in 2024, I forget what year that movie's coming out. Um, if it comes out in 2024, like, like actually, no, 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 it won't come out in 2024. It'll actually come out in 2022, but maybe it takes place during 2024. Yeah. Um, and Kang shows up, and then he shows up again in, like, 2026. Like, he's getting a real fascination for this decade or whatever. Right. Because um, then he shows up again in 2028 or something. Like, that, that'll that be a little weird for the character since, like, his whole thing is time hopping. It's weird that he keeps coming back. But I guess he does that in the comics also, so whatever. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, but the thing that's really interesting that everyone should be looking forward to is if this is true, this is kind of the first uh, physical news, other than words from Kevin Feige about the Fantastic Four. This is kind of the first potentially physical news about the Fantastic Four, with Kang being a descendant of Reed Richards. Yeah. Um, which is huge, because Mr. Fantastic is my favorite comic book character. I think. Um at least the way he's depicted in the comics. Very complex. But I'm sure it's incredibly difficult to, to guess what mine is. Uh, nope, can't guess it. Uh, it's probably King the Conqueror or something. Probably, probably something like that. Uh, do you think in Ant-Man 3... Um, a lot of people are suggesting, before I move off of this, that because the actor portraying Kang, even though Kang in the comics is mostly portrayed as blue, um, it's described that that is an armor that he's wearing um and i believe the time that he's showed as young um he is white like mr fantastic has always been depicted okay um but because they're casting a black actor for his descendant potentially nothing's confirmed do you think we'll get uh, a black mr fantastic Um, I don't know. They definitely could. Uh, I think this might be the first time Marvel, if, if that is the case, that would be the first time that Marvel has uh, cast a comic character uh, that's normally portrayed as white as as uh, someone else. Well, it's a tough thing, because, like, Nick Fury used to be white, but then the comic books changed it first. Yeah. <laughs> to, to him being to Nick Fury being black and that's why David Hasselhoff portrayed Nick Fury in the old Nick Fury movie. That the color has changed then you're like, well, this um, is But the comics changed it and then the movies just took the new one. Um and then if you're just talking about changing things, I mean the ancient one is a different gender and you could argue a different race. I mean, I think well, I the guess... Asian one, the ancient, the Asian one. The ink <laughs> that that was the finish of my sentence. The ancient one, I believe was Asian. Uh, um, I, I think that's what, what they were going for, but arguably there's another of uh, the ancient one that was Celtic. 
Right. Right. So it's like, it was still kind of okay, but yeah. Although most people don't know that there is another ancient Right, because most people know the most prominent version. Like, Nick Fury's right. always been black. No, he hasn't. But right. um, he actually kind of looked like Mr. Fantastic does. But, <laughs> except so the soldier. To answer your question, I don't necessarily think that that's going to, like, a guarantee that uh, Mr. Fantastic will be. I was kind of thinking the same yeah. way, because it's kind of a perfect situation where if they still wanted to do a white Mr. Fantastic or either way, it doesn't really matter because there's so many generations between Mr. Fantastic and Nathaniel Richards. Any of his offspring. Right, like, maybe, maybe, maybe Sue is black or maybe four generations down the road someone starts marrying a black person who marries a black person yeah, and then at that know. point there's so little white left in them that like <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know, I think that necessarily means that there's gonna be a... yeah there, there's so much distance in generations that could be either way um, i want to cast uh, a blue actor a blue actor for sure yeah how, how dare they <laughs> um We've got some other news. Just uh, before that, though, I have one more question for you. Do you think, because I'm wondering when this character uh, comes back, um, and really it's a question about two characters, but um, do you think in Ant-Man 3 we will see Goliath and Ghost again? I do not think so. I think Ghost maybe, but I don't think Goliath. Like, I, I think Goliath was like a one-time, like it's a cool nod to yeah. History in the past, so like interesting. Which sucks because Lawrence Fishburne is great. It's great, but I don't necessarily think there's any reason to bring Goliath back. Ghost definitely has some unfinished um, stuff she needs to work. Uh, yeah. So I could definitely see her returning, and I would like her to. That'd be awesome to bring her in as like a young Avenger. Right, and that's the other thing is Kang is kind of connected to the Young Avengers. Right. So um, that'd be kind of cool to bring. And her then back. stature. I with don't it. necessarily. Yeah, with stature would be which we are gonna get in right because cassie lang was already teasing that and now she's and now in the in now she's the proper age exactly we've already got it um i don't know i'd go i if if one or both comes back comes back i think it would be ghost um, yeah i just want i just want ant-man 3 to be the to be what the irredeemable ant-man story oh right right <laughs> Um, but it's like with all this news, I mean, Ant Man three might prove to be the best Ant Man movie. Well, I mean, I mean, so I think far, a lot of people say that like the Ant Man movies are pretty good; they're pretty funny, but they're not super they're, I mean, great. They're like, they're like the most disconnected from the rest. right, and so uh, this one could I, be huge. I will say so. Like they're the most disconnected, I say, except for the end of Ant Man two. Right, uh, and I was thinking about that the other day. Ant Man two's ending's weird. Right. Now, yes, it's very connected to Infinity War, to Endgame, right? <laughs> but he went into the quantum realm to get Ghost some quantum energy so that she'd be, like, healthy. And, like, first of all, why does he need to do that? Because Janet cured her once. Why can't she cure her again? Maybe it takes too much out of her. Maybe. Maybe. So, so that's a fair excuse. So then the second point... Um, he goes in to retrieve this quantum energy. I hope she didn't need it soon because he doesn't come back with it for five years. Right. So she might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, sorry, Ant-Man, you failed that one. Right. Um, 
yeah i i don't know that that's just something i was thinking about the other day that's like it's is so ghost cool. okay <laughs> sure hope so. I liked her. um i don't i think i'll like her going forward but like i don't know ant-man 2's whole plot is basically just a misunderstanding pretty much it's just like if we literally would have just talked then like okay <laughs> but instead they're like no i need this now <laughs> Um, and yeah. it's like we could have just had a conversation everybody wins um, but yeah let's get into this Star Wars stuff finally into the into what we've all been waiting for and we're not talking about the Mandalorian trailer yet <laughs> what? you can still wait on that um, okay. by the way the trailer did drop on a Tuesday I was just was several kidding. weeks off yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before we get there, Daisy Ridley was interviewed and I don't normally like talking about these interviews. Um, but this one I think is really interesting because she was saying that at the very beginning during the force awakens, she was told at one point that she was going to be a Kenobi, which is, I mean, like there were ideas out there. Sure. By people. But this is pretty telling that like, if, if, if so from the from the beginning, from the get go, she was told she was gonna be a Kenobi. That's, that's and uh, then in Last Jedi, she was told, "All right, well, now nah, you're just no one." And she's like, "Oh, okay, okay. I'll just keep going with this." Right. Um, and then in Rise of Skywalker, it was like, "Oh, you're a Skywalker. Uh, you're a Palpatine." Actually, I don't know. <laughs> So this is kind of this. So I, I imagine that a lot of fans like getting up in arms about this because right. I don't think a lot of people were extremely happy with her being a Palpatine. Uh, so this this is probably gonna uh, like open up the the floodgate of oh release the the Abrams guy <laughs> or at least it's more fuel for the fire. I think it not so much that like no I can't believe she was she was a palpatine after the end of however many planning hours. I think the point is that the planning hours didn't really accomplish very much because they kept changing their mind along the way. They would plan some oh, okay, she's a Kenobi. Ah, she's no one. Oh yeah, she's a Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. Like they like like how is that as an actor like <laughs> You're told your lineage is one thing, then you're told it's another. Like, I'm sure maybe uh, Mark Hamill didn't know that he was a Skywalker at the time, but, like, he was... The moment he was told he's a Skywalker, he was. That It wasn't flip-flopped on him to anything else. Now, do you think... And I don't mean a Skywalker, but, like... Because he was always a Skywalker, but a, a Vader was a Skywalker, I guess, is the bigger twist, right? Do you think um, that this could have been... Uh, so, because with, with the Force Awakens coming out, that was like the reintroduction of the franchise. Right. It was a big thing. We wanted. We had a new character. Who her lineage was? Like that's like that's a big plot thing. Everyone's like asking, "Oh, is she Kenobi? Is she a Skywalker? Is she?" Do you think that she was told, playing devil's advocate to the idea that oh, like it was flip flopped on her? Right. Maybe that she was told something incorrect. So it would. Right, like a lot of, a lot of uh, MCU directors do now with like fake scripts or whatnot, or 
Because, like, we know, like, the end of Infinity War, uh, Iron Man's funeral, a lot of them were told it was going to be a wedding. And they were like, but why are we wearing black? You want me to look somber? Like, what? (laughs) It it could be that. Um, But it seemed like she didn't think so. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe she misspoke or something or I misheard. Um, but it, it kind of sounded like she was just like, yeah, I don't know. Things were changing. <laughs> like, and it was like, Oh, that's not exactly what you want to hear from a billion dollar franchise. Like it's good to change things, but. And, and now we know, like, so is this, is this coming on the heels of saying that we're happy with the, with Disney as a company, like doesn't want to come back and stuff. Sorry, who is that? Uh, Daisy Ridley. She's she's right. Say she doesn't want to be connected. To, like, she, and that's like a lot of the actors, right? Because um, John Boyega. Yeah, thank you. John Boyega is come at speaking out a lot. Yeah. Um, about his experience, I don't know if I, Oscar Isaac has a position, but he's obviously already doing other things. Right. Um, maybe it didn't affect him as much, so I I, I don't know. know. This is kind of kind of wild. For but I mean, obviously, like the, in theory, the biggest franchises are gonna have the biggest controversies. Yeah. I guess. Um, that's why, like DC, Star Wars, it's a little bit surprising MCU doesn't have quite as many. It has a few, or like maybe, Thor: The Dark they, World with Patty Jenkins, but, um, and Natalie Portman kind of stuff. But they got Natalie Portman back, so they can redeem their own their own arc. <laughs> yeah. Um. If they do it right. So, like, yeah, it's it's very weird. Um, but it, 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 like you said, a lot of people are going to interpret this maybe correctly, maybe incorrectly, that there clearly was, that there was no plan right. um, through the sequels. And that's why there's not, it's not such a cohesive story narrative. Because <laughs> there was no, um, like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily advocate everyone doesn't always work but i'm gonna draw an analogy to writing a paper usually the best papers have an outline beforehand that you just like you have set points that you want to reach and then you just weave like the narrative between them that's usually how people write story right right (laughs) in theory (laughs) i've never done that i've always been like i'm gonna start with with uh word one of paragraph one and i'm gonna write until and the last word Uh, good on you and, and I guess, not to toot my own horn, but I was, I've always been a really good writer, so issue for me. Um, but most, most people I know who've had to write have always done a You're cutting in and out, by the way. Um, but most people have always there done we go. Outlet, um, and just filled in the blanks there. So, like, that's, it's kind of telling that they didn't have an outline for this, or at least it's looking like they didn't have an outline for this sequel trilogy that's not exactly what you want to hear right um yeah i i don't know it's just like a little unfortunate um to hear even more confirmation of maybe what some people were already suspecting uh but but some good news some good news some actually crazy news completely unexpected news that it's really interesting. I feel like a lot of the stuff we were talking about was a lot of bad news, right? Like Mulan's numbers aren't good. Tenet's numbers aren't good. Um, 
I guess the DC stuff was good, but um, and then maybe Star Wars is a little out of whack. The so many directors cuts, Netflix being canceled, China, China regulating its media again. I mean, they do it constantly, but um, so so a lot of a lot of negative stuff, and then out completely out of the 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 dark thunderous clouds comes the Mandalorian season two trailer right? and man, is it beautiful? It's it's good. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think I like this trailer like five times as much as the first trailer. You showed this to me. And at the end I was like, I got absolutely nothing from this. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, Here's a location, here's a location, here's a location, here's people, and it's all voiceovered pretty much. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Green Cyclops is another Jon Favreau character? Maybe, I don't... It sounded like Jon Favreau's voice in my head. I just want to watch it again. I, I just want to... Uh, I've watched it like five times. <laughs> it's so good, and uh, the music they play towards the beginning, like right when they show the logo, the, the Lucasfilm logo. Uh, when they start doing that and it's like that very guttural beat. Yeah. Um, it gave me two vibes that I got really excited about. Uh, okay. The first was from Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. Um, there's like this Coliseum uh, asteroid or something. And I believe the music was very similar. And then also Maz Kanata's Cantina um also had that guttural a uh, dun 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 you know um and so i was like yes Con- continuity of sound <laughs> um and i'm just super excited to hear what new sounds are in there because almost sound like some wind chimes during a certain part of it um and then all the locations we get the wrestling ring at the end between the two Oh, I had their name. Um, oh, what's their species? Dang it. I completely lost it. I had it when I was watching it, but the, the green pig people from Tatooine uh, in The Return of the Jedi. You know what we did? See the the Gamorrean guards. That's there. Gamorrean. Continue. I, I, unless I'm wrong and I just completely straight up missed it, which is possible. I don't think we saw Gina Carano at all. We did. There's one shot where we see her with Grief Karga. Um, I believe she is wearing slightly different un, uh, slightly different uniform because she was in like very teal outfit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, teal armor, I should say. Um, I believe it's different, but then I was like, maybe I just don't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we just got a shot of them like walking on, I think that planet's name is Navarro or something. Um, that original planet where the the guild has a base. Um. And then some of the other locations that obviously nothing's confirmed. Um, well, Tatooine, I think is obvious. That was definitely Tatooine. Yeah. Um, but some of the other ones that it was looking like uh, talking with one of our mutual friends about it. Uh, I, I'm totally with him. I think the ice planet isn't Hoth. It's Ilum. Um, and Ilum is a really cool planet. Obviously, you barely watch the TV show, so you don't know. Um, you also haven't played the video game, which is the other place it shows up. Is Ilum the one where they had the 
a one military man who was very upset. They don't. You're cutting in and out again. <laughs> uh, it's like these people are savages. They have no no uh, culture, no society, whatever. Oh, um, no, 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 no. I do know what planet you're thinking. No, I believe that's a Pantoran moon. I th- yes, you're right. It's a moon. Um, I, I I believe that's the planet that it's around. Um, but uh, no, Ilum is a completely different planet. I think it's a planet. It might be a moon also. But uh, I mean, endorse a moon, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh. But it's a completely different location, I think. And but the two events, pretty much that we know that surround it, is in the TV show. The only time we see it is in this Padawan arc, okay. where these Padawans have to go get their lightsaber crystals, and the lightsaber crystals are on Ilum. Um, and they have to go through these ice caves that we see certain ice caves in the trailer. Um, maybe they're the same ones. Maybe they aren't. There are other ice planets out there. Mando's building a lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mando's building a lightsaber. I don't think that's actually why. I think... Um, do you think the line in the trailer that, like... Um, which was from the first season. Um, you need to go find the child's kind. Yes. Do you, do you think that refers to... Because I feel like everyone media wise and on the internet is like oh we're gonna get to learn more about yoda's species um i'm definitely like especially the way this trailer's cut it definitely just sounds like the jedi like he's like you want me to give it to the sorcerers yeah because he called that's just the jedi (laughs) so 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 is is he just gonna try and find source force sensitive people Right, that's kind of what I think it is, and so the Jedi will be the satisfying answer. Maybe they'll do a little bit of Yoda's people, maybe a lot, but um, I think there's also a possibility people should maybe brace themselves for not getting any of that and just the <laughs> Jedi being uh, the child's people. Okay. Because they're all Force-sensitive, so in a way they are his people to a certain extent. I mean, we um, don't that he has any family so maybe that's the best way. <laughs> right um so that's kind of where i was leaning and and then if he is force sensitive then if mandal if mandalorian if din Djarin, uh does any research he might find news about ilum and how the jedi used to value that planet mm-hmm. because it was the place of the crystals um and then the other time Ilum shows up, other than ba- that Padawan arc, is in the Jedi Fallen Order game, where um, Cal Kestis breaks his crystal and has to go get a new one. Interesting. Um, or loses lights. I don't remember which. But um, <laughs> either way, he has to go get a new one. Um, no, so definitely... it'd be super cool for this to be the first live-action time we see Ilum. Um... And then the next planet I wanted to talk about is the water planet with all the Quarren people. Those are those tentacle face people. Okay. Um, so the Quarren uh, are native to a planet to characters we all know and love, uh, Admiral Akbar. Now, Admiral Akbar is not a Quarren. He's a Mon Calamari. Yep. Um, and th- his home is Mon Cala. Not the game, but the planet. That's funny. Uh, 
on Moncala, there's the Mon Calamari. Uh, they're both kind of two variants of squids, I guess. Or squids and octopus. I don't know. Um, and so there's the Mon Calamari and the Quarren. Uh, so we see a lot of Quarren on a water planet. And I'm wondering, is that the first live action time we're going to get to see of Moncala? Uh, Moncala is a big part of the Clone Wars. Um, I think there's two or three arcs with it. There's a big war there. Man, um, I'm just saying they they said they're done with the Skywalker saga, and we're still here. <laughs> Everything's we're still the Skywalker over. saga. Um, and so I'm just super excited about it. I am yeah, wondering. What... So that green Cyclops dude, I think that's a new species that we've never seen before. Um, the, again, that I think is John Favreau's character, second character, because he was Paz Vizsla, um, in the uh, the first season. Um, do you like the way? I thought it was very humorous, but do you like the way they cut it in the trailer? How um, I forget what they say, but they're just like, "We know," and then a bunch of people like walk up behind the Mandalorian and then he pulls out his whistling birds and then uh, the child closes his casket. I heard that. Yeah. And like, (laughs) uh, and so like, it's, it's a humorous moment because like the child closes his casket, but then the screen goes black during the fight. Yeah. So, and I was like, Oh, I wanted to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like we got the, the comedy moment. We're seeing it for the child. But then, but then it cuts away from the child's perspective, and we see the finish of the fight. Unless the casket opens again, I don't know. Um, which again, I think that character that is like the last person to die, I think that might be the first live-action uh, pale Zabrak. And the Zabraks are important because Darth Maul's race are Zabraks. Um. But there's like two different kinds. There's the, uh, it's like two different races of the same species, basically. Okay. Um, Darth Maul's r- race of the species, I think, are all from I can't think of the planet right now. Dathomir. Uh, maybe not all, but a, a chunk of them are from Dathomir, and then I think there's a different planet that the Pale Zabrax are from. Um, I guess at one point there was a common ancestor or something, but, uh, yeah, so that might be the first time. There's a lot of like first time seeing a live action of something we've seen before and which makes me super happy because there's a ton of characters potentially in this season that are going to be exactly that first time we see live action, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, um, Rex. So like... It'll be fun. I'm be... so excited for this. Um, <laughs> There's so many characters that we're gonna get a chance to see, and I mean, we've we've wanted to see a lot of these like on the big screen for a while now. You have to finish the Clone Wars show. I do have to. You finish also the then have to watch Rebels, but <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, you got to do it, man. No, I know. You I know. need the character understanding. I need it. I know. Um, I'll get to it. But yeah, it's. I'm so excited for this. I mean, like, I remember how much I was talking about The Mandalorian during season one with my friends um, during college. Because um, you were, you were like, two weeks behind every time, I feel like, right? With The Mandalorian? Yeah. Or were you keeping uh, up? I was I was on it. I watched okay. it every time. 
Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we did talk about it a fair bit. Um, I was just always having class problems. <laughs> uh, so much homework. Uh, grad school, man. Uh, but with some of my fellow grad school students who I was with almost 24 seven, um, there were days where we were like in the middle of homework and we were just like, all right, well it's midnight. The next episode of Mandalorian's out. Let's go to someone's house, go watch it. And then we'll spend two more hours doing homework. (laughs) So it's just like, uh, it was like, it was like part of our, our routine, um, is so good. But uh, super looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure we'll uh, always be talking about this uh, movie more. And by movie, I mean TV show. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. This is something that I'm extremely excited for to see. Um, And I just I want it to be sooner. Either either it, it comes out sooner or we're later in the year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just teleport me a month from now. Exactly. Um, October thirtieth, Mandalorian season two starts. I'm sure right we'll be hey, talking about point, it. You may, be able to, you may be able to see Mulan for free on Disney Plus. We don't. Know. Who knows? So many options. <laughs> uh, either will or you won't. Otherwise, this has been a really long episode, but a ton of good or new stuff dropping. Uh, I'm so excited. This was a this was a good day. I mean, Mandalorian trailer dropped today. Like. <laughs> Uh, I got to go rewatch it three more times. <laughs> um, anyways, that's Ian Riz. Oh, what movie are we watching next week? We are oh. watching, I believe, we are this watching Netflix. The Devil All the Time. Yep. Um, Netflix movie. So I guess we're not canceling Netflix because um, we're reviewing that movie. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Um, Devil All the Time will be next week's movie review. Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan. I forget who else is in the movie. Um, looks interesting. I'm not. It looks like it's about some cult or something. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we'll be reviewing that movie next week. Uh, get hyped for The Mandalorian because we are. Um, also, if anyone just wants to talk about Star Wars, Christopher Nolan movies, you know where to find me. He's so lonely. Just hit him up. I'm so lonely. Um, I just want to talk about these things 24-7, to be honest. Absolutely. Uh, why do you get the tattoo? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Which tattoo? <laughs> uh, that's Ian Rosmondo. I'm Joshua Troop. Uh, Devil all the time next week. We'll catch you next time.